I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card. Don't really tell me much. Didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to Removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology, cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out. Far Dude, right. it's such a good name. I'm doing a mic. Do a mic check, Chappelle. Yep. Yo, this is sick. Go. How do I? Sound? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I come to Oh Farin. yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> that sounds good. So Toby. close as possible. Yeah. Great. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Like check, I'm making check. love to it. Like I'm. Yeah. Barry White. All right, baby. <laughs> oh, we here, love. We here. Um, <laughs> that's the voice of Hakim Tafari. Yeah. Like Rakim. I love your name, man. It's so sick. Okay, wait. Well, I'm gonna say it really slow because you say get hyper. Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I have a very special guest. But before I get to him, I got my man, Chappelle Lacey, my new adopted son. I love this human. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's retired from the game. I see people commented, I miss him. I miss his potting. So oh, I pre- yeah, I appreciate you pulling up to my house, uh, yeah. Lacey. So thanks for being here, Chappelle Lacey. Of course. Thanks for having me. And Hakim Tafari, one of the dopest Tafari. names. Tafari. Hakim Tafari. I'm sorry, man. Fuck, man. <laughs> you know, because I'm thinking about Safari, that dude Safari. I don't know why. Safari from... You know that... Oh, he's a, he's a, he's yeah, a, I, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, thank you oh, for... Yeah, I know sorry, about, thank you for being here. Mm. Um, I heard your name through Mike from Lululemon many times. Mm. And then we met at Taco Vega. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Chef Jared, who's now at Nixon Beverly. Yeah. Um, Shouts out. And then we have so many things and views and music and all kinds of shit in common. So I was like, I loved it. And we hung out couple, twi- uh, twice, maybe at uh, Green Table. Green Table. Yeah. 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 But how are you doing? Nice. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. As, as I said before, when I first rolled up to be in the presence of Mr. Sexiest Vegan <laughs> by Peter. <laughs> 2006 to 2010. That's a, I mean, you held it down for many years, mate. Wait, you got it. You got it every. I totally Yo, forgot. About, I totally forgot. 2006 about this to 2010. Do your research, mate. 
Oh my God! That's I totally right. forgot about that, man. Okay. Wow. So to be in your presence is really humbling, <laughs> and then to be in Chappelle Lacey's presence. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna go deep dive Hell with yeah. him, but this cat like taught himself how to backflip. I didn't know that he's uh, hung out with several martial uh, MMA cats like Brendan Schwab, and um, now has a very long-standing relationship with Joe Rogan, and which I really want to delve into a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm acting like I'm giving the interview no, right I, now. I like this though. But but you know, it, to be in both of yours presence and the, this, you know, that's the kind of vibe out with you and um, and you know, Rich Roll. We've got a mutual connection yes. with Rich Roll. Um, Shout out Richie Rich. And um, yeah, it's this really good hanging out and just vibing out with really good good humans. So yes, because we well, we kicked it for like four hours the other day. Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. man. And yeah. you live close to us too. Like when I found out about Chappelle Lazy and we ended up hanging out, you live so close to me, man. Yeah. Like I love adding more uh, positive people into this, the world. You know what I mean? Truly. Truly. You know, Very a, lot of, a lot of people, but just I, inspirational ones. Yeah, too. I think it's important because I feel like... Um, you're able to learn something new all the time, mm, you know, because I, I think each uh, person that, you know, comes with positivity or walks through life with, you know, positivity. I feel like everybody has a, a you know, their own perspective of mm-hmm. it. And it's cool to hear like other people's yeah. perspective about like, oh, well, how do you how do you find your mm-hmm. grounded, you know, truly? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think- know. It's just, it's just it's just cool to like be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that energy. Like, we don't have, like, a big crew of people we hang out, but we have, like, a tight crew of people that we hang out with. They're, like, everybody, everybody's psyched for each other and support each other. You know? Yes, yes. Promote each other and yes. just, I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing of, of ego. Of, no. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, like, and I think that's mainly because uh, a lot of us are really happy and... Oh, sorry. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're okay, at in life. Uh, yeah, happy with where we're at in life, and yes, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's I grown folk shit, man. It's grown. It's you know, it's grown. That's folk true. Stuff. Grown folk shit. Folk, yeah, grown folk shit. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I think you get to a point where, um, you know, how quickly we were able to connect with each other, right? Mm-hmm. As you said, I learned so much from you in just a little time that we spent with each yeah, other. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. I mean, you're you're a funny cat, uh, and you're a really great comedian. But you're just just learning about you in life, and just learning about your travels in, and you journal, and and I don't know a lot of black folks that journal, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's and, 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 and go to England to see Oasis. Yeah, and to go see Oasis, <laughs> and talk about the whole Liam and the whole yeah, Magical. but but you know, I learned a lot from you, and we got to talk and and just talking with Toby and. You know, I know and how illustrious your career is and stuff, but we just got to hang out like three grown men talking about real life. Yeah. yeah. In a really, really positive, in a really positive, and not on some cheesy cliche shit, but like, no, this is how you win in life. Yeah, yeah, This is what we had to go through to yeah. get where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And we can sip juice and we can have some nice vegan food mm-hmm. and really relax on a nice afternoon in the heart of L.A. Yeah. yeah. I love that, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like, you know, that whole conversation kind of just, uh, which I think they're all needed, It not once did, was it like, I don't know, it took us away from all the craziness 
that exists in our world. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that stuff is out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I feel like, um, you know, us three have like been able to like navigate ourselves through that, which is not easy. Yes. For most people to say. Yes. And. You know, because people want to have those crazy conversations about the crazy things all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, there's these other things that are out there that exist that mm-hmm. you, can, yeah. you can speak on and yes. have conversations about. And I feel like those conversations get you further than, you know, any type of just like just dwelling on like the crazy, yes. crazy shit. Yes. You know? And I'm, that's what happens when you're off your phone, too. And you're actually just talking to humans. You know what I mean? Because on that your phone, pop. it's just great. <laughs> that Because on your phone, it's just polit- yeah. It's just everything, like <clears throat> smashing your face all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he's having a conversation, just like we're doing now, like, I don't know, I love it. That's why I love doing the podcast, is talking, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, nobody, yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah, being really. away from the phone, you, you don't necessarily think the world is crazy. Yes. When you're you know, outside walking around seeing people. Yes. Even during the pandemic, it was like all these scary things, and then we would just take a walk, or just do something, and like, okay, these people are like, it's not like the end of the world, but the news and everything was just so fucking crazy. Yeah. And then you're outside, like, okay, life is happening. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, like, what do they call it? IRL in real life? In real life, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's the thing. And I think, you know, you, you talk about that and talk about that time when you get to really embrace real good people. I mean, it doesn't happen. It's, it's, it, the fact that we were meant to kind of coexist in the same space yeah. the fact that we all live within literally seven to eight minutes crazy, away from dude. each other mm-hmm. that's is crazy. no mystery especially in a massive it's, city like this in I a know. massive city like yeah this. yeah yeah so it's no coincidence and i believe that too yeah yeah it's no coincidence and 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 the fact that you know you talk about getting off the phone and living real life this is really what it's all about if you can get away from because i don't Half the time, I, I didn't even know about the whole Boris Johnson thing about him, you know, stepping down in England. And it wasn't until my neighbor told me. And she was <laughs> like, don't you watch the news? And I was like, no, I don't. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't. And yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I'm naive and, and maybe I need to watch the news a little bit. But honestly, I learned from folks like you and folks like you. And, 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 and really, that's my news. And I might catch a glimpse on on when I'm on, you know, Instagram or stuff. Yeah. But I purposely don't watch the news because all I see is mass destruction, heartache, the whole nine yards. And and to be honest with you, I don't want to live in that realm yeah. right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've been in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. Been in that realm for a long time. I want to be in a realm where, as I said, I can meet with my homies. Yeah. I can go home at night. I can I can vibe out with my partner, you know what I mean. Chill out with the with the kids, and just vibe out to something good. If we meditate, we meditate. If yeah. we're cooking food together, cool. But I don't need to be all in the suffering and the drama and yada yada. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a time and a place for that. I, I, agree. I think that I think that's amazing because, um, you know, back when I on the other podcast that I used to do before I just like quit it all in general, you know they would talk about things in, in such ways that I'm like, I, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about, I was like, I didn't even know that person existed to be quite yeah. honest. <laughs> you know, like a lot of times when they say shit, I go, I, I have no, clue it's like current that. event yeah. stuff. Yeah. Current yeah. event stuff. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, like, you know, you know, fans and other people from time to time be like, man, you don't know anything, you know, mm. like, and it's like, I was like, I don't think it's that I don't know anything. I don't think that's the case. I, it, it's just, that's just, 
it it just lacks substance to me. Mm. So if it's if it lacks substance, I don't necessarily pay attention to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And people would think I was crazy because I didn't watch the news and and you know they were like, but you 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 do podcasting, you got to be. And I was like, but I'm not. I'm not a newscaster. I was like, yeah. that's for them mm-hmm. to do. I'm like, I'm just a guy that, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about what I know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I could talk about, you know, like my, my, you know, uh, spiritual journey, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. I could mm-hmm. talk about that kind of stuff and just stuff within the mm-hmm. world of what I do, comedy, you know, music. Yeah. I can have all those conversations. I just don't know anything about, you know, I just yeah. don't know. Cause yeah. it's, it's not something. And, and like you said, yeah, I've been in a world where like every day it was just chaos. Mm. So it's like when you when you're out of that world, yeah, and you found your way to like I'm like, "Oh, I could be over here." Yeah. and live comfortably and live mm-hmm. and live happy. Mm-hmm. And not, and not have to, "Oh gosh, I could do that?" Yeah. That's easy. That's dope. Yeah. That's fun. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. like I always yeah. feel excited about life on a regular basis. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's it's just it's interesting that you say that cuz I I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I feel like people think that like, do we have to, as our responsibility for what we do in our lives to also pay attention to all that suffering and the politics and all that we should, we have to speak about it. But like, like you're saying, like, I don't want to speak about something I don't know 100% about because then mm-hmm. I'll get flipped on for not knowing the right thing. And mm-hmm. I, it's not my world. And you like, see I that constantly. That shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see that constantly with people yeah. where it's like, I, I mean, I, so it's like, why would I even jump into that world? It's like, am I 100% correct? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, I got to do even more research about this mm-hmm. situation that I'm like, I can't necessarily control or do much about, but other than like know it exists and know it's there and, be, and you know, find my way of feeling what I feel mm-hmm. about it. You know, mm-hmm. like that's, mm-hmm. that's all I can. And what you do is to get people's minds off the fucked up world we live in. They, they go into yeah. escape. They go into laugh. Not think about shit like that. Yeah. Whether you talk about those subjects or not, and make them funny, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you your thing is like getting people away from the fucked up negative yeah. world. Yeah. Know, like I think, right? Well, yeah. And 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 l- let me let me preface this by saying like I don't. I'm not saying like you know we should be just looking through shit through rose tinted glass and everything is all sparkly and dandelions yeah. and stuff like that. There are there are certain things that there are certain injustices that you can't help but talk about 100%, right 100%. there are certain injustices that are gonna that need to be talked about there are certain things that um need to be brought out to the front and and vocalized on at the same time i'm not gonna try and add be some social justice superhero when i'm not yeah, yeah. right that's a, that's a big responsibility. Yeah, 100%. man. Like, what did Jesus say? I'm no um, so-called activist um, caught up on. Uh, he says something in the line where he's basically saying, I, "I'm I, I'm not, you know, this so-called pro activist. I'm a regular human being." Kendrick I'm says that in the record too. Yeah. In the, yeah. 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 I can't remember the exact Jizza line, but. Um, I'm no. I'm, I think it's. I'm no so-called activist caught up on a scholar's dick, um, <laughs> right? And it's like something. I'm more. I'm more Kodak Black than I am. I forgot what it was too. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, and deep. the thing is, I think, you know, as I said, we've been through what we've been through. We know, you know, there's time to speak up about the Briannas, the Ahmads, and yes. and so forth. 
there are times to talk about how you know Clarence Thomas is really the Antichrist you know stuff like that yeah you know but at the same time I want to just hang out with Chappelle and Toby and talk about some <laughs> shit like, yeah. you know, like Raekwon, like this Raekwon figurine here, like nonfiction, which was like one of my favorite what? groups back in the day. I just Come said, on, I just man. I said Sabak on my podcast because we used to work together at Now Now Shoes in Manhattan. No before shit. Before we had H2O, before we had nonfiction, we just sold shoes together in Soho at Now Now Wow. Sabak Red, who's just on the podcast two weeks ago, yeah. It's crazy, okay, so right? now I'm going to have to go. <laughs> Come yeah, on, like, bro. yo, that was like, and that was at a time when Raucous was really big, too. Yes, Raucous was And, yeah. and um, Talib and Mos and, mm-hmm. um, were, like, really first coming out. And, um, yeah, there was a, yeah, don't get me started on that area <laughs> of hip-hop, mate. Don't um, get me started. <laughs> I want to talk about you, too, because you lived all over the place. I Obviously, have. England, first and foremost, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But New York, like, Ohio? Florida? No, no, Florida. Okay, Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. Um, so how was it growing up? How was it in England growing up? How was it? Because you seems like I'm you're excited, like, I'm excited for this part. Because it seems like you're like, you're in the mix of punk, hip-hop, everything, just like us. Yeah. Same, same type of yeah. growing up, you know? Well, you know, I grew up as an altar boy. Uh, altar boy? Yeah, I was, a, I was my mom and dad, Jamaican immigrants, um... I think we talked about the Windrush. Did we talk about the Windrush yeah, the other yeah, day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, part of that Windrush movement back in the early 60s. And um, I came up, you know, in nitty gritty England in the, you know, it was like, <sighs> you know, it went for me. And, I, and I, I was talking about it with my cousins the other day. Like we grew up in an era where, our parents came and worked really hard. Like I saw my dad working 12, 13 hour days, you know, from like 12 in the morning to like 12 in the afternoon and then going to sleep for a little while and then going back out to work. And then my mum was a nurse who ended up becoming a psychiatric nurse and working at this mental institution and, and going watching that and having to watch them go through their own type of racial abuse. Um, you know, one of the common things was if anything was talked about Jamaica and Africa, you know, white folks would say, well, well you should be used to that. You you know all about that, that type of shit mm-hmm. called gollywogs. And, and, and I came up in an era where we kind of rebelled against that shit. Like, man, you can't be treating our parents like that. Yeah. And, and you know, it, yeah. coming up through predominantly white schools where you were the outcast, yeah. which was, I came up in a in a in an elementary school or primary school, as we call it, which was predominantly white and a high school. And as I got older, see, I, would, I was kind of raised kind of, there's this thing about in about West Indian and so-called African parents when you get to England, there's a certain racial kind of stature that you have to get, like the house, the picket fence, Mm. being in the white neighborhood. You know, that's a sign of making it or the false smoking mirror sense of making it, right? And um, my parents weren't well off, but they lived in a very middle class, somewhat suburban because they didn't want to live in the 
the council estates where a lot of my other families lived. Okay. Right? So the council estates are like projects. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, so I kind of flirted with both because I had cousins and friends who lived in the council estates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I lived in a very kind of white middle class, you know, neighborhood. So I got, I learned code switching from a very early age. Yeah. Right? Mm. Being in Jamaican household. Yeah. Where my parents predominantly speak Patois, you know what I mean? And it's rice and peas and curry and curry goat and all that type of stuff. Then being out there in the streets with my mates who were into everything, right? Like at that time it was dub music and we had friends who were building boxes and speakers for sound systems. Uh, Happy Mondays and Stone Roses, raves were really big at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the Bridgens were selling ecstasy. That was a way of making money on the weekends. You know, we'd be in houses smoking mad hash, like 20 of us smoking hash spliffs while selling ecstasy while cats were upstairs tripping balls so that was that was kind of the era that i grew up in right yeah and then a lot of the and then we had so-called rude boys that were funneling you know whatever type of drugs or whatever these were like older cousins who we would like look up and admire who were wearing like fred perry sergio tashini clarks and were moving in a certain way and these were like our idols back then because mm-hmm. they were making money yeah. but they were like living that kind of street life so to speak so and then football football was a big thing yeah so we played footy four or five times a day damn <laughs> like play it in the morning play at break time play it at lunch play it when you get off at school and then play it again maybe like right before you go to bed Damn. You know, so it was a you that, out in the streets all day all, long. All day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You out in the streets. Summertime, you might play some tennis. You might play some tennis. Um, but yeah, we were out in the streets all the time. Yeah, and so were you were you going to school? Were you like a good student and stuff? Were you like, um, I was a good student up until probably up until about probably fifteen, and then I kind of got wild. Okay. And then that's when I hit the other street, so to speak. Mm. So did you you just quit school, kind of? No, I didn't quit school. Um, I didn't quit school. I was I was still good with going because I got raised in Jamaican parents. I was gonna say they're Jamaican, strict. They're strict, yeah. man. You know, up until a certain point, I was a student. Damn. Okay. I was a student, but up until a certain point, I would just fuck off so to speak and yeah. um and i wouldn't show up until test because i knew once i could ace the test i didn't want to maybe show up i'd skive off and hang out with the homies blow some hash or you know <laughs> do whatever and we were in the girls at that t- we were we were in the girls 15 yeah 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. we were in the girls girls and footy <laughs> and smoking, smoking hash. So for that's, the listeners, hash is is weed and tobacco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very is that a Europe thing mostly. That's a European okay, thing. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. I heard people say that a bunch. It's not really something that happens in America, right, Ash? I mean, not, that, yeah. not that I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you don't even, you can't even find that shit anymore now. It's really, right? really, yeah. It's like back in the day when cats in New York used to smoke tie stick. You don't find mm. tie stick anymore. Or angel they, dust? No, that's yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was like. That I don't know about, yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy New York thing, too. Yeah, yeah angel dust was a big. Damn. And L.A. was Sherm, right? Sherm. Sherm, yeah. yeah. So were you like, uh, were you into punk rock too at that age? Yeah, too? we were, it, you know, because I, what had happened was once I left um, high school, because you leave high school at 16 and you can either go sixth form, which would lead you up to college or uni, or you could go to a tech school or you could go to a specialty school. So I went to art college. Nice. Which was the kind of, prerequisite before uh, art or university, right? Yeah. So I could basically get an art degree and then go for whatever type of specialty art degree I wanted to go to if I wanted to go to university. So it was like a two-year program to lead me into another, what would be four-year, but I could jump in and just do two years, if that makes sense. What kind of art? Illustration, that was my bag. Okay. So... um, I think that's me. Um, so, <laughs> so at that time, when I was leaving high school, oh, I love telling this story because my high school teacher was like, you ain't going to get into art school whatsoever. Mm. You're not going. Because again, I very rarely showed up. And when <laughs> I did, I was drawing some very illicit pictures. But, um, <laughs> but then um, I got serious yeah. because I really was like, okay, this is you know, I'm kind of living a certain life. I'm kind of in the streets. I'm kind of not. I'm still at home living an old boy life, but I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really want to go to art school. I really mm-hmm. want to go to... And then, um, lo and behold, I cranked it in the last year of high school. I cranked it. killed it. And I, I, I just cranked it as much as I could as much as I could catch up to, because yeah, I yeah, yeah. fucked off the most of the other yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> and then once I got it, and I got that ticket in the art school, I was like, boom. Sick. Then I got in the art school, and um, and at that time, I thought I was a man. I was like, I got in the art school when people didn't think I was going to get in, yada, yada. And then I told mom and dad, all right, I'm leaving. And I left home. Wow. Wow. And um, originally what happened was I got in with a mate of mine named Andrew Scarlett and he and his mother took me in for a little while. And then that was how I was surviving. And and I'd worked with him at this place called Clowns, which was a restaurant. And I was just washing plates and whatnot. And I would, that was how I'd make my way through, through art, art school. Yeah. And then I was working at this insurance firm. So I had two jobs and that was kind of how I was paying my way and I would still get a little bit of money from the school system yeah, for tools and whatnot. And then, yeah, I just left home. I thought I was a big man and I was like, I left home. Were your parents and, like worried? Oh, dude, they were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> they were pissed. Oh, yeah, and let's not forget that I turned Muslim too. Oh, wow. So I turned Muslim. Then, yeah. I turned Muslim, came to my parents, and I, you know, um, yeah, I'm no longer, 
I'm this now and um, yeah and uh yeah I'm leaving wow crazy man so yeah I I left home did that and then my mate who I was living with um him and his Irish mum Eileen uh amazing amazing people um basically said you got to go how long are you, you there need to for? Figure it, you need to figure it out. Damn. And then that's when my cousin, who was living with this girl, they had like a three flat kind of apartment, mm-hmm. but no one was living there. So I squatted there. Wow. So it was like a squatter spot. It was. You real, like sixteen? Yeah, sixteen, seventeen. Damn. It was real dank. It was like on <laughs> Skid Row. It was Damn. so dank. It was like where all the drug dealers and the prostitutes hang out. And then there was a nightclub right down the street called Hollywoods. And that was where, you know, young folks in Ipswich would hang out if we weren't going out to London. Yeah. That was a spot. And um, yeah, that was how I lived. That's crazy, man. And you're hanging out punk rockers and all kinds yeah. of people. All types Everybody. of dudes. And especially at art college, I was hanging out with, that's where I got exposed to everything. Okay. Like I saw you with the Fugazi shirt. Like yeah, I yeah. got exposed to Fugazi, Sonic Youth. My my hero at that time um, was this big, this amazing like fine art guy who had another brother who was a, a major fine artist, and their dad owned a wine shop in in the town. Mm-hmm. So I was getting exposed to wine at like knowing how to select yeah. wine and yada yada at early age and. Um, these cats really exposed me to so much like as I said like learning about Sonic Youth and learning about Danzig and learning about um, (laughs) all of this stuff yeah at such an early age Amsterdam going to Amsterdam on weekends Milkwig yeah like yeah yeah, just doing the craziest shit at that age yeah so going to shows traveling yeah 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 uh, at shows, that age, that's at that crazy. age, like shows like the the first ever Rakim, uh, Eric B. Rakim, Public Enemy, Beastie Boys. Who else was on that bill? Damn. At Hammersmith Odeon. Wow. Watching. Um, what year would that be? Late eighties. Oh yeah, that was yeah. like eighty, eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Damn. You know that was when Tim Westwood before he got caught canoodling with 14 year old girls Tim, was, I didn't even know that Tim yeah man what? Tim Westwood was killing it at that time killing it when anybody would come into to London I, I know that oh I know yeah that either. We'll, we'll talk about the whole Tim Westwood thing a little bit later you know that yeah, cat I don't know him personally never met him personally but um, but he's huge still killing oh, it oh dude well I don't know about it now because some shit just came out now okay. yeah yeah some shit just came out now but back then Dude, he was killing it. Anybody knew was going on his show. Okay. And that was how I would keep this. That's how we kept our hip hop. Okay. That's Knowledge. how we became so yeah. embedded in hip hop because of Tim Westwood. So, and then we had the dub. And then we'd go to London and listen to dub. And then we were in the streets with fashion. So we had magazines like Face and Sky Magazine. And that's how we lived. Damn. And that's how I lived as an art student. I was in all these worlds. That's like, it's a total New York vibe, man, to me. Like, because we had CBGBs and we go see the Ritz and go see a hip hop show. Yeah. Go to yeah. Punk Matinee. Everybody's walking around the streets. See yeah. Joe Ramon. Everybody. It's sick, yeah. yeah. Punk rock. I mean, we had, you know, 
I mean, we had we had pro skinheads, anti skinheads living in the same city, mm. and then you go to London, and then you'd have you go to you go to a blues right. So a blues is like a late night, like after the club, like four or five o'clock. You got the blues, and that's in somebody's house. Somebody's cooking some curry goat and rice and rice and peas, and you're paying, and there's big boxes and sound systems in there. And they're playing number reggae and lovers rock and dub. And every now and again, they might play some soul music or hip hop, or they might throw, you know, if there's some white boys in there, they might throw some punk in there. <laughs> but, you know, or some ska, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, yeah, back yeah. in the day was ska, right? Totally. So, yeah, man. And that was a time when. Because you got to remember, blues was the blues. Black black folks in England weren't allowed in certain clubs and certain pubs. Wow. So they had to form their own. Mm. And that's where the blues came from. A blues was a late night party where somebody would rent out. Somebody would clean out their house, put it in, put their furniture in somebody else's house. And somebody would set up these big boxes and speakers. And that was where black folks would go. Like without underground being fucked. sick. Man. Yeah. 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 So you had that. And then you had, you know, you just had everything there. Yeah, you had everything. Yeah. You had this London. <laughs> yeah. So that was so cool for me. So I lived in Ipswich, but I could just go out to London. And I was living this at 16, 17 years Crazy, old. Man. Sometimes it still blows my mind that this shit happened. But yeah. But just absorbing it all, man. Everything, yeah. dude. Yeah. Wow, man. And you did you want it? Did you have any thoughts of being doing anything in music or anything? Um at, at that, that time. Yeah, I was doing a little rapping thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. doing a little rapping thing, but <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was going to be like as I came to America because that's yeah. the other story is that I came to America when I was like literally just turning 18. Wow. I just finished out college. My cousin that came to where I was squatting was totally disgusted. <laughs> 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 it, was like one of the, it was like one of my older cousins who had kind of raised me, right? And she was like totally disgusted. She was like what is this you know what i mean and um she's like you need to go to your parents house so i came to my parents house one day and there was green cards on the table and they were like what do you want to do and at that time cats was living really really kind of dank you know what i mean i yeah. had to you know i knew older cats who were like in 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 and out of jail knew this one cat who pretty much raised a lot of us, hung himself in jail. I knew cats who were selling this ecstasy and hash and this didn't see. And these were the cats that I was running with mm -hmm. on top of, yeah. you know. So I was like, do I really see myself in a future here? So, so mm. during all this, you know, since you had moved out of your parents' house, were mm. you still like in contact? You, would you still talk to your folks all the time every now and again check in. because yeah because check in, yeah. yeah check in and then other people would see me in the, in in the town and would be Report like oh back. yeah 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 mm. you know your parents miss you you know you need to go check on your parents yeah you know, you know? yeah so you know you gotta remember west indian communities are very close-knit that's why everyone's your auntie everyone's yeah your, you know it's that real tribal thing right yeah so you know, I might see my godmother in town and she'd be like, you know, I know you're not seeing eye to eye with your parents, but your mom's still asking for you. Yeah. Shit like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So no siblings. Um, so I have two sisters. 
one who passed away about nine, ten years ago, and another one that is pretty much non-existent to me. Okay. So, gotcha. Yeah. So to me, it's like I'm, um, yeah. Solo dolo. Yeah. Solo dolo. Solo dolo. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting because, you know, the iterations of the relationship with my parents have really just been kind of crazy from then to being in America and then me living with them in America like several times. And then the last iteration was when I got divorced and I had nowhere to go. Wow. And they were my, <laughs> yeah. they were my, they were my, um, my rock, so Your to rocks, speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's kind of deep how, you know, the full circle of my parents kind of, I get kicked out or <laughs> yeah. kicked out or move out, so to speak. And then I end up back with them. In my so they had green style. cards on the table. Like, what do you want to do? Was that something where they're going to just send you to America? Or are you all going to go together? Well, they ended up sending me before. So I ended up coming here. By yourself? Yeah, by myself. Wow. At and what I, age? 18 then? 18. Damn. And Never I, been here before? When I came, I used to come from like 85 to 90. I would come pretty much every summer to Brooklyn. Oh, really? Flatbush. Family out there? Yeah. Okay. Sick. Yeah. Damn, and Flatbush in 85, Flatbush, bro. Yo, let me tell you. It's so you, different now. <laughs> listen, I used to walk Flatbush Avenue by myself. I used to buy myself Lee jeans. This Ooh. was back when Lee's and Fat Laces. Sick. I bought my own shell toes. Bro, I used to buy when Beach Street came Beach out. Street. I came. Yeah. <laughs> I came. I came into to Brooklyn and came back with a Beach Street tracksuit to Ipswich Town. Yo, niggas was like mad pissed <laughs> with me. I even got chased out of, really? of a, yeah. I don't use that word very commonly, but yo, because they were on some N N-I-G-G shit, but they <laughs> ran me out of the town um, because... Cause yeah, I used to flash. I used to flash. I would go to New York, come back Ooh, with some yeah. fly shit, and being in a place like that, cause you had London and you had Ipswich, which was right down the street. But you would have to go to London to get this shit, and there was not really many places that were carrying that would, like yeah. troop suits and yeah, puma true. suits. Yeah, and da then, we had yeah. Dapper Dan shit too. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd come back and I'd just be pop. Yeah, cats were not. Yeah, he'd be like look at me. I came back from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn. But but that's yeah. So, were you working in New York too when you were out there? Did you have a job out there? Flatbush? So when I when I first got out there, so I as I said, I just got out of art college, and I was yeah. probably going to go to Pratt or FIT. FIT, right? Fashion Institute. And um, yeah, it was lined up. Everything was lined up, and um, yeah, I arrived in New York in '91. Now, if you know what New York was all I was, about. I was living there, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what New York was all about in 91. Yeah. It was grimy as fuck. <laughs> I fucking loved it, though. Yeah, but for me, I didn't because yeah. I, 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 my, my, I, I had roamed around in London and Brixton and places like that. Yeah. But then to come to New York in the height of the crack era, yeah, and then I was living in Flatbush right down the street was like one of the biggest Jamaican posses hangout. Mm. So I would see these cats on a daily going to the Chinese spot, going to go 
you know, fetch some fish or some stuff like that yeah. for my aunt. You know what I mean? It was really volatile times back then. Like, yeah, I was in Queens. I was at Live in 91 videos. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was yep. 21 out yeah, there. Yeah, it was yeah. wild. And that was the, the start of the crack era. So yep. cats were like on some brolic shit back then. And for me, with the mind state that I had, I wasn't ready for that. I yeah. wasn't ready for that. I thought I was because I used to come to New York every summer. And I thought, oh, yeah. But by the time that happened, I wasn't ready for that. Mm. So I had an aunt who lived in Austin, Texas who I had a really great relationship with. And then I went, I moved to Austin. Wow. You want to talk about punk? Yeah. My, my relationship with punk then was when I started hanging out with the skate kids. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And once I hung out with the skate kids, I kind of brought a little bit of the New York vibe. I was an enigma. I was this black English kid yeah. who lived in New York, who is now here. And then I was running with the skate cats. And then, you know, come down the line, I ended up bouncing at this place called Emos. Which I played a million times, man. Yes. Shout out to Emos. Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) One of my homeboys, Chris Tominaga, we used to call him Sweet Nut, um, was the the main barman. And then Emo. And then um, this... uh, Dave, God, I can't remember. But they took a chance on me, and I was like maybe 19, Damn. 20, and I used to be security. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's and crazy. I used to be security at Emos. Wow, it's man. Cool. Just to get the timeline order. In Austin, Texas. Order, uh, well, yeah, so, so Austin was 90 what? Yeah, and Austin was... Austin was uh, 90, 92. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 92. Yeah, I just moved to Austin. Yeah. And then, yeah, so 94, yeah, I would say 94 was when I started bouncing at Emos. Um, and then I started getting into music. and Yeah. Yeah. So and rhyming more. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And then I got with this white boy named Jason, Jason Craze. And then we formed a hip-hop group called Sockeye. What was it called? Sockeye, like the fish, Sockeye. Wow. I had no idea what... I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your name? What was your name? Um, you went by? What, what did I go by? I went by Hakim. What was Such it? a great name, though, man. I, yeah. I, I, I went by Hakim Muhammad back then. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, because that was the name that I was given when, by my imam when okay. I became. So I just kept with it and I loved it. Yeah, so. it's great. Um, and then. What happened? Yeah, so. Yeah, I started rhyming with these cats. And yeah, and Emos gave us our first show. Wow. Wow. Right? So cool. Yeah. And then we what? started hanging out with these boys called, uh, at the time it was Blondie's, Blondie's Skate Store. And they were they were the hub for music. They were the hub for gear. They were the hub for just everything. Yeah. And that's when all the myriad of people would hang out. You'd get your, your graffiti artists, your skateboarders, your hip hop, your punk. Everyone Love it, man. would converge at, you know, all the local punk guys used to get their um, posters drawn by the guys who worked at Blondie's. Got you. Wow. And is there like a hip hop scene in Austin? Is there like artists? Big time. Back then. Big time. Yeah, yeah. Big Early time. 90s. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. the 90s? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a really big group out of Dallas called Mad Flavor. Okay. That was really, really big. And they were down with House of Pain. Ah. And that whole Souls Assassin okay. crew. Got you. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Um, and out of that, see, I like to give give a little bit of tipping on. So out of that Dallas scene came um, a hip hop group with a girl named Erica Free. Erica Free was, <laughs> or now is become Erica Badu. Amazing! Wow. I gave Erica Free one of her first shows in Austin, Texas. No way. When um, I used to do street promotions. And um, I used to do street promotions for a lot of record labels, Big Beat, Loud Records. Yeah. Um, that's, how I, that's why I got some nonfiction 12s. I used yes. to do a lot of street promotion. And used to do a lot of shows. So I bring hieroglyphics, um, uh, Dell, um, Artifacts, uh, God, you name it. We used to bring them to Austin, Texas. So there was a really big music scene. And this was before the real big inception of South by Southwest. Yes. And I will publicly go on record and say that South by Southwest hip hop would not be as big as if it was if it wasn't for cats like me, Traeger, T-Double, uh, Dave from Emos, Emos, Chris Tomonaga. A lot of us were like Andre. Um, I can't remember Andre's last name, but um, there was a cat named Andre who was really pivotal in really maximizing hip hop in Austin, Texas. Yeah, right. And we were we were like we knew we would get we were we were good, and we were bringing like Grave Diggers. Grave Diggers Ooh. first show. Damn. Was at one of the early South by Southwest. It's crazy, and we helped curate that. So we were really pivotal in, you know, the the hip hop scene. And as I said, when no one really wanted to play hip hop, emos still did. Yeah. Emos. Yeah, 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 emos, emos did. Wow, took a chance. Yeah, so, so yeah. many punk shows there too. So many bands. Oh, come bro, it. it's like it's like sounds like you guys like created the foundation of. Of just big time, what, what it's you know what it's evolved big into. time, big now, time. You get you guys gave them something to springboard off of. Like yeah. you know, we were hanging out. Like I was hanging out with cats. Um, what's homie's name from um, Sublime? Um, you know, you would know that. Yeah, Brad Noel. Yeah, the singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they would hang out at the skate shop. That was a time when Sublime was real big and would yeah. tour. Um, I can't tell you the amount of groups, and I'm sure we yeah. probably, I'm sure you probably, we ran into each other at a time when emos through ninety one or ninety two to ninety six. Oh yeah, 97. for sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that was a time when I used to run in and out of emos. Yeah, amazing shows. Doing some wild man. shit there. It was right. Wild <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> wild shit, mate. And it's still there. Um. Yeah, I think it's still there off Sixth wow. Street. Yeah. Damn. I think it's I still play there. I want to go to Texas again. I definitely go back. Yeah. There. Yeah. I think it's still there, right down the street from Stubbs. Stubbs. Yeah, no Stubbs, Stubbs. too. Yeah. 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 And Austin's so different now too, man. It's crazy. Oh, it's changed. Changed. Dude. That time. <sighs> that time was epic. It's dope to hear because I only know yeah. Austin within like the past like few years. Me too. Mm. Um, Me too. So to hear like. What what it was like before oh, all of yeah. what it is today? It was. I mean, amazing. I, you know, I've I've always watched like the Austin City Limits, City Limits yeah, uh, videos online and stuff yeah. like that. Like you know, obviously you know there's something major that goes down oh, in Austin, yeah. Texas. Yeah. So you know, it's really cool, you know, to hear, you know, these early stages of oh, it. You know, 
Man, let me tell you, it was, <laughs> mm, it was, it was really where I became a man. Mm. I became, I became vegan there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that inspiration? Um, I, I got sick. Okay. I got really sick, and um, yeah, man, this acupuncturist basically saved my life. Wow. Yeah, I was in and out of, you know, I had heartburn, irritable bowel syndrome, the whole nine yards, and in, in and out of doctor doctor's offices guinea pig for zantac guinea pig for several indigestion um medication and um i got really really sick i I was living a really unhealthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know um i was running with cats that were you know i was running with some really wild cats man and i was and i was i was smoking a lot like really like putting it in as far as drinking and smoking and really not eating well. Okay. Really not eating well. So compound, compound, and I was young. You got to remember, my life, my lifestyle up until that point... Yeah. Was... There was nothing vegan. There was nothing green. There was green, but there weren't no chlorophyll. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there was yeah, different yeah. green. So by the time I got to a point, it had all... Yeah, it my body had shut down. Damn, and you're like your early twenties, right? Yeah, I was twenty one, twenty two. Wow, and nobody's really talking about vegan back then. No, it was a word, but it wasn't like no. Yeah, and I I went to this acupuncturist, and this acupuncturist who was this Buddhist, he was real progressive, and I only saw him two times: that time and the time that he was leaving the China to become attain his monkhood. But um, yeah, he literally told me I had six or seven years to live if I didn't change my lifestyle. Wow. And I was on a fast track too. And he was the one who was like, do you know about this diet? And I really highly suggest you get on it because you need to change your lifestyle now. Mm. You really need to make a change now. Wow. And um, yeah, I did it. Was it hard? No, because I knew it was life or death. When yeah. You, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's on the line, you're like, Shit, yeah. Yeah, I was I was bleeding out of every orifice. I mean out Damn. of every orifice out of my body. Wow. I was like, yeah, nah. I need a change. Holy shit. So it was cold turkey, you just did it? Um, I did the subway thing because back then I didn't really know too much vegetarian stuff. Oh, subway sandwiches? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that um, like the thing? Early just like on? subs with vegetables in it, whatever. Yeah. 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 And at that time I didn't know how progressive Austin was, but Austin was really one of the main mothers of vegan. There's a place called Mothers. I don't know if it's still oh, there. Still, I still go there. It's yeah, still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, but Austin was really one of the archetypes of cities that really embraced vegan, vegetarian lifestyle. Did not know that. So it was really easy for me to transition. Whole Foods. That's yes. the birthplace of Whole Foods. True. So. You know, I had places like Whole Foods and Sun Harvest. So when I made this transition, I had a really good friend named ETN. And ETN was like the super yogi Ross, right? Way ahead of his time. And he taught me a lot about nutrition. The herbs that I should be drinking. The herbs that I should be, should be taught, taught me about dandelion. Taught me about chicory. Taught me about um, Gota Cola, Ginkgo all these herbs and then i started studying because that's how i am i when i get into something i study yeah and then again this was life or death for me so as i'm going through this i'm i've got this 
prophet next to me. Yeah. This guy who I'm working with in UPS. Wow. And this is a time when I was working UPS. I was working UPS at night, and then I get two, three hours sleep, and then I go to Circuit City and work in the warehouse in the Circuit daytime. City? Yeah. Damn. Uh, Circuit, Circuit Shitty. Circuit Damn. Shitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I became vegan. Um doing that man and that was a really great time because i was running with these cats who were ras these who were studying angolan capoeira i was studying kung fu um i i I was running with these kung fu specialists who were just like praying mantis style exactly exactly i did my search check him out (laughs) yeah praying mantis kung fu yeah and um and then i was really into yoga so yeah, it was a combination. I went a whole 360. Yeah, it sounds and, like it. Yeah. And I'd lost like a hundred and something pounds. Um, yeah, because I was 260, 270 pounds and I'd lost like a hundred and something pounds. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, cats thought I was on crack. Really? Because, wow. yeah, because I, I came out the scene. I literally mm-hmm. came out the scene. I was like, I don't want to be part of the scene anymore. I'd hibernated. I got my girl involved. I got my best friend who is still like Captain Kung Fu. Like still one of the baddest motherfuckers in in Texas. But um, yeah, we we all, my my best friend who is me and him formed a group called X Factor. And then what happened with the music was the music took shape and it, it happened organically um where the music started to go really spiritual and really kind of you know on some and this was before you know i'd even heard about dead prayers and Mm. heard about um you know some of these other cats that were really big into veganism and hip-hop and kung fu because it wasn't i thought i was just like one of the only cats who was living like this yeah yeah all i knew about krs1 in 88 krs1 yeah exactly yeah um but there was cats like this living like this so yeah at that time um i i reformed my life i got into veganism i had really got into to um buddhism and taoism i was going to go to acupuncture school um and then me and my girl broke up and my parents lived in orlando now so then then florida that's when i moved to orlando wow that's way different than austin way different it's crazy it's way bro let me tell you i was i was tricked i was bamboozled and hoodwinked (laughs) when i moved to orlando when i first went when i when i first (laughs) went to orlando Right. When I first went to Orlando, I remember. Um, so it was, I remember there was an underground club, bro. There was an underground club. It was full of, and this was when I was a big, this was when I was in my Rastas. Um, when I was really big into my Rastafari um, phase of life. I was a natty, turbaned up bobo, Damn. right? So I used to come to, to Orlando to visit my parents. And um, I remember this one time I came to a club. It was like called This Is It. And this was before Orlando became Gunlando. Mm. This is a time, because there's a big Jamaican and Haitian population in Orlando. 
And I remember going to this club. My cousin took this club. I got cousins everywhere, by the way. This cat's <laughs> like, why has he got so many cousins? <laughs> I got cousins all over the place, man. Yeah. But anyway, so we go to this club and it's like three o'clock in the morning, drinking Guinness, smoking the biggest spliffs in this club in Orlando. So I'm thinking, oh, Orlando is culturally like it. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, there's all of this. When I moved to Orlando, I was sadly mistaken. <laughs> yeah. I was sadly yeah. mis. I told you, man. I thought I'd landed on Plymouth Rock. <laughs> and I landed on some other type of rock. But anyway. Dang. So, yeah. I, got, I, I, I ended up coming. I ended up, you know, living in Orlando. For how long? Oh, God. It was... I got married. Okay. Ended up having kids there. And yeah, m- at my. There's so many iterations of my life, but then. <laughs> yeah, because I'd. Yeah, I'd. I, you know, before, before the kids, I'd put out an album. Yes. I was on a record label called Nonsense Records. Yeah. I put out, a, put out an album. So balance is balance? Is this, is this the balance is balance one? Oh, yeah. Ba- ba- uh, the balance, the balance project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Late 90s? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah uh, definitely late 90s, I would say like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I got with this group. Like it was starting to bubble, right? Yeah. Things are starting to bubble. Like Very j Rube vibe. Yeah, thank song. you. Thank yeah, you. Well, j Rube was a vibe for me back okay. then. And, you, you know. Hear, yeah. Yeah. And at that time, that was when I was running with... So this is my intro back to New York. Okay. Because I had gone back to New York as a full-blown Ross now. And at that time, I was doing a lot of social justice work for Mumia Abu-Jamal. Okay. Um, And at that time, I was really tapped in with what Talib with Nakuru Books was doing. Mm Mm-hmm what Dead Prez was doing. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was like enamored with what these cats were doing because this is what I was doing. Yeah. In Florida. <laughs> Orlando, Florida. Crazy. And if anyone doesn't know about Orlando, Florida, Orlando, Florida is the home of Mickey Mouse. It is Disney. Is it Disney? Is Disney, Disney World. Disney World. Yes. Right? Which is way bigger than Disneyland. Yes. Universal Studios, um, Islands of Adventure. It is Island Resort Trap one-on-one. And it is also one of the hotbeds of um, retirement. Yes. So you have a lot of old white people there. Yes. So if you think there's culture there, you're wrong. (laughs) There is, but it's so fucking segregated. It's so segregated. You got the Puerto Ricans here. You got the blacks and the Haitians here. You got the Jamaicans here. You got the white people pretty much here. And it is a police state. Mm-hmm. So you are so boxed in. And culturally, it's not the most yeah. forward thinking. Gotcha. Right? So I'm here doing all of this at a time. And this is uh, like late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I come up with this album. We get with this album, and then it starts bubbling. I'm running with all these crazy bohemian vegans in Orlando, Florida. 
Um, the guy who ended up putting out this label owns one of the dopest restaurants in um, Orlando now called Ethos. Okay. Have you ever go to Orlando? Go see my man. Like how you said if you ever go to I'm definitely Orlando. gonna go there. Though, <laughs> yeah. If, I go if you now. ever go, if you ever go, there were some if good you, hardcore shows there in the night. There are. Yeah, there were some really great hardcore shows. Yeah, there were some shows. And right one of my best friends at the time, Nate Warren, who was the ex drummer for a, is it against me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was a uh, um, me and him came up um, writing zines, talking about the master clans. Wow. Yeah. So it's fucking cool. Is it Nate? Was Nate Warren's last name? But Nate Nate was one of the yeah, not cool. the drummer now, but the the drummer Back before. Yeah, 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 for against me. And yeah, so zines like it was, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we yeah. used to do zines and stuff like that on awesome. Master Cleansers and banana smoothies and <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so sick. And uh, dumpster diving. We used to do zines on dumpster diving, mm. and I used to run with these this this other collective called Stone Soup. The Stone Soup Collective, and I used to teach Tai Chi out of uh, Jesus, to man. progressives and radicals. Um, Damn. Yeah. So yeah, my. So I'm, much, I'm like, man. You've yeah, been there's in a it. lot. I, I've been in it, mate. I've been in You've it. You've been in it. <laughs> so that was, you know. And then I got married. Yeah. And then I got married. Yeah. So so what happened was. We're massage therapist too. We can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. Yeah, it was because that was the thing. When I came to Orlando, um, I came into um i was really big in acupuncture but i couldn't go to acupuncture school because i was broke mm. so the next best thing was to go at that time there was a program there was an eastern bodywork program where you learned shiatsu tuina theory tai chi and that was my introduction to tai chi gotcha and i had busted my knee from doing kung fu and i really wanted to study something and i found my mentor who introduced me into Tai Chi and this was like 90, 98, 99. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, and then he gave me my first job teaching Tai Chi at the massage school and then I ended up becoming a massage therapist and then I ended up becoming a Shiatsu and Thai yoga practitioner. Jesus, man. And then I ended up getting my yoga practitioner license and then I infused Thai yoga and shiatsu, and that was my business. I was really wow. into Eastern spirituality yeah. and Eastern bodywork. And yeah, so I was a massage therapist for many, many years and taught five element theory, tai chi, and tai chi movement. Damn. Damn, man. It's crazy. You still do that? Well, I still teach tai chi. I mean, I'm 20 years in the game, 20, yeah. 20 something years deep in the game, along with, you know, a, a little bit of splash of Anis, Filipino martial arts. Splash of Aikido, but my main dualities, uh, my or my main, my main, the things that I can write about are praying mantis kung fu and uh, yang style tai chi. And I was, I used to study with an old tai, uh, an old guy from Shanghai called Wang Sifu for five and a half years on top of a rooftop in Orlando, downtown Orlando, where Damn. I learned the whole Wu system of tai chi. Broad that sword. had to be dope. Oh yeah, it there was it was a closed door community, meaning closed door like you had to be asked to come in. Wow, you had to be of a certain level and echelon to be invited to this group. And there was this guy named Paul White who was a, another renowned martial artist in the town, and um, he invited me. And um, yeah, I studied with Wang Sifu. 
for, That's amazing, for, man. For, for six, seven years. So you got, you got the best out of Orlando, man. You, you really dive into all your stuff. Oh, dude. Today, you know what I mean? I got, I, I, yeah, I came out of Orlando and, you know, this was right before, because my life changed once I got married. Okay. Once I got married, my life changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but up In until that way? point, mm, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You were navigating. You had to, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I had to navigate. Had to navigate. Had to navigate life, and and yeah. Yes, it changes kids. everything. Because, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. kids. I mean, because because I had kids. How many kids? I have three. Wow. Okay. I had, at the, the, so at that time, I had the one right before or right after my album came out. Yep. So that put the kibosh on anything that I thought about because I was like, yeah, we were about to go on tour yeah. with the label, yada yada. My, yeah, that okay. wasn't happening. Um, then um, I had a second daughter, and that's when it became real. Yeah. And and then my ex basically said, well, this is how I got raised, and I want my kids to be raised like this. You're going to have to be the man of the house. So that means you are going to be the breadwinner. Yeah. So any type of thing that I was thinking about, like really doing, it's a wrap. Dude. So it's a wrap. It was a it was a wrap. Wow. And so I, I yeah, there was a. It must been hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was then, a couple of things I flirted with, 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 you know, working with, but there wasn't really much because I was now working like three, four jobs. Were you doing the teaching stuff too? All the stuff that you. I was teaching massages, teaching tai chi. I was. Um, working at Whole Foods. I was a team leader at Whole Foods. I, was, I worked at Whole Foods for like 19 years. Wow, mm. man. Yeah. I heard they have good benefits and all that kind of stuff. They used to. Okay. I didn't even know I've been around that long. Okay. Man, <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah. Man, before um, Lucifer came into power, Jeff Bezos, um, you know, Whole Foods was really just a really great company. And then they started stripping that. away rights and they started stripping away insurance policies and mm. they started stripping away gain sharing. Mm-hmm. Gain sharing was a way that teams could build up money and build up a reservoir and then share between each other at the wow. end. Yeah, there were really great Sick. incentives that Mackie really put forth. And um, yeah, man. When, 19 years, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I'd worked at Whole Foods. I was working, I was teaching massage and then in the late later iteration of marriage i was doing lift so i was doing lift dude i was working four or five jobs damn man yeah no music really kind of is on the side no i couldn't i didn't have time i had three kids i still had all my records and all my vinyl that i had carried with me yeah but was i making music no i had homies sending me music and i was like where 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 am i gonna make it Mm. Yeah, you're like yeah. What, what, yeah, what with it? I, the last time I had made music, which I think I sent you one track with yep. some something, was 2010, 2011. And wow, yeah. And then, um, do you want to still do music? And oh, bro, I got some stuff bubbling. Okay, I got some stuff bubbling. <laughs> right, I got some stuff. Yeah, we got some stuff bubbling. But um, uh, so your kids are in Florida still? My kids are in Florida. Okay. My kids are in Florida. And, and how old are they now? Oh, God. I got a 12-year-old, 15-year-old, and soon to be 18-year-old. Wow. Wow. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Crazy ages, yeah. Yeah. Is it all girls? All girls. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, um, 
Yeah, man, it's it's deep. It's it's deep. I'm I'm far from cool to them. You know, it's funny we, me and Rich were talking about this. Um, yeah, it. And then when it's okay when you when you go through when you go through um, divorce, it changes a lot. I'm sure, man. You know the dynamic with the ki- everything, right? Everything changes, and 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 um, it's really where um, you know divorce really turned me into a parent. Like I really learned about being a parent, being a father, mm. and um, and you know, thank God, thank Buddha that I found Buddhism because Buddhism, something that I had lost in my marriage was my was my spirituality gotcha and then once i got divorced i found it because i had nothing else Mm -hmm. so buddhism put me in a path where i really got to learn about my inner compassion compassion for myself compassion for my kids compassion for my ex like i had to like i really understood the depths of suffering in order to understand the depths of compassion and joy. Love that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a real interesting time for me and learning how to be a father. And um, Were you living in Orlando when you got divorced still? Yeah. You separate? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then, and then um, it got to a point where um, I couldn't be in the space where I was in I I I had really major several bouts of depression mm. to where you know suicide was in play. Was the thought? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, several times, and um, and I just knew that you know stuff had to give, and you know Instagram is a hell of a tool because where I found a partner that I'm with right now. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how I ended up becoming to LA. Okay. So you were out there when you guys met on social media. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. How many years ago? God, 2015. Wow. Oh, okay. Was when we first, yeah. you know, we weren't dating back then, yeah. but we were first. Maybe 2014. No, 2014. I, I kind of known her on the gram and kind of. But. Yeah. Was it grounded on a spiritual level or something? Is it a yeah, connected? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw saw how she was living her life. At, at, you know, um, she has a pretty crazy story, you know, being, um, you know, being, you know, her parents being communists, being in the struggle, her father working with Black Panthers being in the struggle for social justice. Wow. Um, you know, tied to really curating some spaces in LA that are really for social justice. Um, he was really instrumental in um, pioneering some of the social justice warriors, such as Patrice Cullis, who is the founder of Black Lives Matter. She learned strategy from Melinda's father. Wow. So, and a lot of radicals as far as social justice came through Eric Mann, who is um, really just Eric and Leanne, who are both 
really tied into a lot of political movements such as farm workers, um, uh, the the fight against the 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 metro system within LA as far as policing, the policing on the metro systems and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're really um, social justice. She grew up in that. Yeah. Right. And then she was a plus size model for many years and in that music industry and dated rappers and models and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so when I first met her, I was <laughs> really intrigued by her. I was like, wow, she's living all this, but she was a single mother. Ah. And, um, and I don't remember, it was one post that she was talking about traveling and I was like, yeah, I wish I could be like that. And then we just started just vibing off each other and yeah. then that morphed into something. It's awesome, man. And then the next thing you know, shit popped off in Orlando and I wasn't expecting to come out to LA as soon as I did, but something happened and um, she was like, well, why don't you just come out to LA? And I was like... That was it. And bro, that's a positive. Here you are. That's a positive, beautiful story from Instagram. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, hear, you don't hear too many, do you? You get like, F that's like you. Yeah, yeah. That's like a. Yeah, I'm like, sure there's. I'm sure there's people out there that met people on the gram for that's sure. So funny. But that's like a beautiful one. Like you know what I mean? It wasn't a catfish. It wasn't any of this. You know what I'm saying? No, it really wasn't, and it could have you know really I mean? been. It really could have been. And, and to be honest with you, I had actually met three amazing, or or two prior to Melinda two amazing women off Instagram. So okay. Instagram for me was really... A, That's your spot. Right? Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was the hot spot. Okay. It was the original hot spot for me. I, but, <laughs> no. I'm sure there's a lot of stories like that. I'm sure. Yeah, like I've, that, heard, yeah. I've heard. I've yeah. heard. I mean, I'm not the only one. Um, it's but, nice though to hear that. But, but, you know, it was, it was really amazing. And um, yeah, I came out to L.A., and if you'd have told me <laughs> <laughs> that I would be in a living or a room with Toby Morse oh. and Chappelle Lacey right now <laughs> on the microphone, <laughs> I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Mike was like, you know, just the fact that we know Mike, Mike Rebecca, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I call him the Don. Um, he's so nice. He's also. such a good cat, man. But, you know... And I wouldn't have thought that I'd be on the podcast, to be honest with you. To Come be on, totally man. honest. Dude, as soon as I met you, I had I felt a vibe already. Like, at the Taco Vega, I knew we were going to be hanging, dude. Kidding me, man? Just talk so, about all the different records. That's, every, what, that's what I felt like, yeah, yeah when we met. I mean, because like I just only thing. met you a few days ago. I yeah. know, You know man. what I mean? And I told him, because like, he's like... I, we've met. We hung out so fast. Introduced him to my whole entire world. Like every, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. I go. To, I go. To, I said, Toby, introduce me to one more person. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, before I met you. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. There's maybe one person might have met that might not be doesn't really chill with us. Yeah. But every single band, every single person, every single like. Every time I had a podcast, one of his favorite bands pull up. But these guys, went, oh my god, that band. He didn't yeah, do yeah. all the shit about him. I was like, you're gonna meet my dude. You're gonna love him. I only met him once, but like totally positive vibes. Oh my and then God. after the other day, it's like, yo, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, I fuck right. with this yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, if I meet another. Because <laughs> he's not really like a people yeah. person or hangout person. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you met some heavyweights too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you met like, some douchebags too. Yeah. 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 But, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I knew when I met you the vibe and then I remember your name through Mike and then Rich Roll and then, yeah. And your boy was mad cool. 
Oh, yeah. Sober man. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eric, Eric Pascal. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Captain Recovery, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, we, we talk about, you know, just bringing it back full circle. Like, I made a conscious decision that I can't be around toxic individuals. Yeah, no, man. Yeah. I can't be I'm going to be by myself that. and do that. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be honest with you, I've sat in enough of Pashina's. I've sat, for those who don't know, it's a silent retreat, silent yeah, meditation. I'm, yeah, I'm interested in that. Yeah. yeah. So I've sat in enough to where I can ruminate and really meditate on who and who not to be around when I'm in that space. Yeah. Because I value my space. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, yes. Like yeah. Yeah. Yes. you got to be really wise. Like, the, the, the people that you are around, you're bringing that energy with you everywhere you go. Everywhere True. you go. Everywhere, everywhere you go. Yeah. And if it's negative, it's bad, man. And it's, a, yeah. it's yeah. important to be in tune with that. You to know, be that. mindful think, of that. Yeah. I think it's very important. I mean, especially if, if you're... If you have these aspirations, these things you want to do, you know, these things you want to accomplish, you know, I think Toby and I were just talking about this yesterday when we were hiking. I think, you know, when people say, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to be this, I want to be that. I think you got to find, uh, it's all got to be grounded in something. Yeah. In some type of substance. Yeah. Because yeah. you can see it and be like, I want to do that. Yeah. But what, what's it grounded in? What is the substance? I, yeah. What is the substance? What yeah. What is it, you know, is it grounded in? You know, I, I I think we were saying, like I was saying, um, you know, if you want to, people that say things like, oh, if, if I do this in life, I'll be happy. Mm, but it's yeah, like, yeah. well, you got to have the happiness before you yeah, do the thing that you're yeah, trying to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I, and I, I strongly believe that because, you know, I, I think that's how I feel with my comedy. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a little backstory. Which I, is really dope, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, I quit comedy in 2013 after, after my brother died mm. because, you know, it was just like, I was like, I don't want to do this. It, it, it wasn't fulfilling me and I, mm-hmm. and I wasn't happy mm-hmm. about it. And I just wasn't happy in general. Mm-hmm. And then when I, you know, I went on this, you know, journey of rebuilding my soul pretty much after, you know, losing my brother. Indeed. And then all of a sudden, comedy just found its way back to me mm. and I was just like yeah I could do this now mm. and enjoy it again like I used to mm-hmm. because I've I found this you know I'm grounded in this like happiness yes you know like because I'm like oh I know what I am without this when I wasn't yes. doing it I know yes. what I'm like yes and, and when you know that about yourself man you'll go further in what you're trying to do than you I ever agree. could have imagined bro I'm sure you can you can probably relate to that with music Totally. And your career, right? 100%, yes. And I can relate to that totally because I, I know for a fact when, I, when, when you're in that dark place, and I know it's a dark place dark. to be in. And, you, and Toby, and I'm sure you've been in a dark mm-hmm. place sure. where you know you're like, it can either go this way or it can go that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And in the minute that you find some solace in something, and you latch onto that. That's just a it's a stepping stone. And then yeah. you're like, oh, then this happens. And then the the picture becomes clearer yeah. and clearer and clearer and clearer. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, now I realize. Now I realize because that happened for me when I when it, in in that darkness in 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 that that tunnel that I thought was this like, man, I don't think I'm ever gonna see that light. Buddhism helped me see that light so much more clearer. 
right? Yeah. It made me see that much, that light so much more clear to where I became, I, I knew I could be anything that I wanted to and I could show up how I really needed to. Mm -hmm. And that made me have an interest for music again. Mm -hmm. And that made me have an interest for Tai Chi again. Because that was stuff that I had lost and I had just given up. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Why do I want this? This is not doing anything for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then I found it again through new eyes and a new vision. New eyes, I yes. love that. And then it was like, oh, it's like how I'm sure you see and I gotta say, five year plan is my like my shit. Thank you, man. It's my shit. <laughs> it's my Thank shit. Thank you, man. I want to start singing it, but I don't know. I muffle <laughs> up the words anyway. But when I know when you sing that, when you first sung it, yeah, it probably has a different connotation when you when you sung it like ten years after, and now when you sing it, so I true. bet it has so much more of a different meaning. That's a good point. And yeah. meditation. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because you see it through different eyes and different visions. For sure, man. Mm -hmm. And through all my life experiences right? yeah, since yeah, I wrote yeah. it, for sure, yeah. 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 yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So it's deep, you know, you're talking about your brother and that, that how it brought you back to comedy because it's usually something really, in, in, and I say it and I, and I don't, you can apply it. I, I apply it within my Buddhist, my Buddhism, but in, in all facets of life, I think when you go through such a depth of suffering in whatever it is, you really see the goodness of, of, of life and what life can really entertain if you really put it in its fullest potential and totality. Because yeah. you've already known what it is to be in the lowest of low. So now knowing that, and rebounding off that and climbing yourself up and having the compassion and having the love and having that equanimous spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you're here in the fullest potential, yeah. in your fullest, yeah. greatest way that you can, that cannot be shaken, stirred. Yeah. It's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I know. Agree. Without getting too I, deep. No, no. I, <laughs> no, I love that. And I would, I would, you know, secretly still go and watch comedy. Mm. Like, even though, like, I wasn't going on the stage, I would go to shows by myself. I would mm. go to, I would just go watch comedy shows, kind of sit, you know, far back in the corner and just, and just watch because mm. I really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know if I, I didn't know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know if I would ever do it again. Yeah. But when it did come about, I was like, Oh, there's, I was like, there's something, there's something special about that. I was like, that's yeah. not, I was like me getting back on the stage is not a mistake, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, a person has to be in tune with that. You yes. have to understand that. Yes. Like, you know, cause I, uh, otherwise you're going to be like, okay, that was fun, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then kind of just try to figure out what the hell I would have done in life. But I was in tune with the fact that like, wow, what well, that was, that, that was saying something that was, that was a message. That's, that's crazy. And then mm. boom. You know, were you, were you we're glad you came back. Me yeah. too. And she probably have a question for you. Were you talking heavy about your life before you lost your brother? Were you talking about That's the thing uh, too? No. Like you talking about being adopted uh, and all that shit? Nope. I was Every, gonna everything, say, everything, got I was, you. everything I was saying before was so like, Great point. Ugh, it makes me cringe thinking about the, <laughs> the way I would talk on stage before. It but was you, just, but you needed was, to yeah, in yeah, order yeah, to yeah, get yeah, where you're at yeah. now. It, it just lacked so much authenticity. And then I remember what, and what, I guess what made me get in tune with it is when I got on stage again and I hadn't, I hadn't really done it like that. I would try to do it here and there. And yeah. I would try to do like an open mic and then yeah. I was just like, 
And then, you know, I went up on a big stage, you know, due to some homies. And I just said something, you know, that was just about me and like real and true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people laughed at it. And I was like, yeah. oh, oh, I could, I could talk about real things. Yeah. I was like, I could talk about what's in my world. Yeah. I was like, these people don't know me. Yeah. You know, but I was like, they're learning about me through the shit I'm saying. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That I'm having yeah. fun with. And also like, I don't. I'm not like self-deprecating. I don't. Mm. I don't really talk down on myself. On yeah, I think that's weird. I yeah. mean, for me, for me, yeah, because I don't. I don't think I'm. You know, I don't know. I just don't yeah. self-deprecate. I don't think like I own the things that like most people would be like. Oh, this was a dumb thing that I did. I'm like, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, like I kind of just own it. And yeah. and having that and that kind of uh, um, mindset. Yeah, mindset. It just gave me this energy to just do it, and then. I moved to LA and it was the first cause I, I moved away from home a lot. Mm. And that was the first time when I moved to LA, that was the first time I moved away from home without any baggage, mm. any, anything like any dark cloud hanging over my head. Slap me real quick. <laughs> cause I know that. Oh, we're good. It's okay. I know that feeling. Oh, I yeah. know that it's, feeling. It, it, cause I, I would move away a lot due to the shit that was just going on at home. And yeah, you know, and I was just like, man, I need to get out of Arizona, you know. But leaving with that kind of energy, it kept bringing me back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh, no, you ain't done yet. Yeah, yeah you know, you yeah. got you to gotta figure this all out. And it would pull me back to Arizona. And so when I, you know, moved to L.A. and I packed up my U-Haul, I was like, uh, um, I was like, wow. That is, I, I, was, I just felt a big burst of energy that I've never felt before that, I don't know. It just made sense. Yeah, everything just made yes. sense right then and right yes. there. To just like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving without having the shit hanging over my head. Mm. That's, and, and to have that, man, that it's is a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. I just keep thinking about that. Like, I'm like, why do I keep going back to Arizona? Yeah, I was like, I talk all this shit about it, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I was talking it, all this shit about home and the people there and the people I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I, it's I wasn't at peace. Yeah, now you're at peace. Oh, big time! And now that bat, now that it's like uh, you uh, you went from bag lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And 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 now you're not carrying that. And that's that's another thing that was really great for me. Was that um, as I came to LA, like I just got rid of all my past mm-hmm. physically. And spiritually. Spiritually. Yeah. 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 And that's no knock on, you know, Florida. But I, yeah, yeah. I had to. I had to. Yeah. I had to. Mm-hmm. I had to. And coming to LA was one of the really greatest things for me. And I don't know if it was for you. It sounds like it was for you. One percent. Yeah. And and I'm sure that it really did something for your edge as far as comedy because now you're in the you're in the hotbed mm-hmm. of LA yeah. mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. where there's you know Tommy Davidson's the 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 Corey Holcomb's mm-hmm. the you know you know all the heavyweights all, all are around the, all you. the heavyweights are around you and I was in a position in Arizona to where I was like a big dog mm-hmm. but you don't carry that yeah here yeah only thing I knew I could carry was my work ethic. Mm. So I was like, I can't carry this energy of being a big dog because I see who's out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. And for me to yeah. think that I could come in and match yeah. that 
And it's like, no, that's the, I mean, listen, that was like, yeah, th- Arizona was JV for me. Yeah. Mm. That was junior varsity. Yeah. Here is varsity. Yeah. You know, so it's like you got to, and, and most people don't understand that mm. when they move, anyone that does comedy outside of LA and New York, they don't realize that, hey, you're walking into mm-hmm. a big market with mm-hmm. some big dogs mm-hmm. that just destroy and everybody yeah. looks at them. Yeah. Everybody's looking at those those big dogs. Damn. They ain't looking at you. That's heavy, right? Yeah. 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 But but reading is what helped me understand that. Mm. Just educating myself on the regular and not even on comedy. Educating myself mm. on individuality. Mm. Um what what's important, what's not important, yeah. how to navigate, how to feel, yes. how to react to things yes. like, you know, hey, you're not going to get some things. You're, you're not going to get up that easy when you get out there. Yeah. Don't take it personal. Yeah. You know, like, and you yeah. got to have that kind of understanding. But that was just from reading that, mm. but you know. I also think that from reading like Rollins books and getting into punk rock and all the stuff you came from, I feel like that the DIY, just everything, your ethics really helps you as a comedian as well. Your attitude yeah. The way you do your merch, just everything you do, the way you, the way you maneuver, comes from that. Yeah, you know? and I, I just feel like yeah. I I honestly feel like I'm never disappointed, you know, mm. and I know or never disappointed. Like yeah, like to where I'm like, man, I didn't get that, man. And it, it like when people get rejected from an audition or a gig, bro, it breaks their heart. Where it's like me, I'm like, oh, not that one. There's probably something else. Yeah, but you built yourself to that level now. Not everyone is at a level where they can take rejection like that. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. You built yourself like that. Yeah. Through this work, through yeah. the reading and through the, yeah, yeah because. And even when, this, listen, as I've been climbing up, it does not get easier. No, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> it does, yeah. It gets harder. Because yeah. now you're in a world like, you know, like it just being, the comedy is, comedy is hard. Yeah, comedy is tough, especially more so now with the world of social media. Mm. You know, yeah. you put stuff out there. You know, people can see it, but also people can come to your page and write you, yeah, and say some shit. And you also have to have the mental stability mm. for that. I'm not saying I get a lot of hate, but I get I get hate yeah. amongst of the, the yeah. level that I'm at. Yeah, you know, so yeah. like, there's people that are coming. Say some shit, and they feel like they're, you know, and 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 I get so many friends that just like, how do you, how do you, how do you handle that? I'm like, fuck it, <laughs> the mental, like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a mental toughness and yeah. mental stability that you. But again, <sighs> your past, I think, I think, I think a lot of what you've talked about through experience, through life tragedies, through whatever. I mean, you got a pretty heavy story too. So, I mean, you know, what you've seen, along with what you're talking about with the DIY work ethics, it goes a lot. It goes a long way. And, you know, I'm sure you have certain folks that you really trust, that you really admire, who you can go to and talk to. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you talk about a therapist too, right? I, yeah, you know my life. Don't come on, man. <laughs> come on. Uh, I've I've had like uh, three anger management teachers that yeah I'm over the like, yeah. So you know teens mm-hmm. to twenty teens in my teens and in my twenties. What's yeah. the difference between anger um anger management and therapy? So anger management is a little bit more uh, raw. 
I would say. Okay. Because it basically is like, yo, this is what happened. This is it, mm-hmm. it gives you everything right then and there, what it is. This is what happened to you. All right, here's how we're gonna deal with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. This is what we're gonna do. Like, like they let me know one thing right off the bat. They're like, your anger is never gonna leave. Everybody has anger. You know, true. You're, you're, and they're like, you, your level of anger. That's mm. what you know best. But like, here's what we can do with it. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's mm. what that was. What like helped me. And they were just like honest. Like they were. I mean, they're like, what do you? What do you, like? You being mad at this person. What is that gonna do? What's it gonna yeah. do? Was it like and like? And, and I'm talking about like a person that, you know, I grew up with a, an abusive stepfather. Yeah. They're like, okay, so what? So what? What now? Are you around him anymore? Like, what? Mm. What's, what's up? You yeah, know, like, so yeah, then yeah. it helps you. It's just like, okay, yeah. And, and you know, the beautiful thing of it is like, they like my anger management teachers, all three that I've ever had, they never talked shit about my stepfather and they wouldn't let me talk shit about him. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that compassion piece. For sure. Exactly. That's that compassion so, piece. So understanding yeah. that, yeah, it was like, oh, whoa. Wow. Mm. It, like now, like now I felt like my world was all about me. And I'm like, damn, what the hell have I been doing in my world? Mm. You know, because yeah. I was so focused on this person that yeah. I wasn't even living with or around anymore, mm-hmm. but had this like anger towards. And then mm-hmm. I, and it made me miss out on my individual self. And I was like, mm. oh, shit, that it, it, big eye opener. <laughs> big eye opener. I, I, I tell you, it, it, it's um, yeah, it's. It's humbling. Yeah. It's humbling. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to reply to people sometimes whenever they come to talk shit on, on my page or anyone's page or anything. I go, don't miss out on understanding yourself, you know. And then, yeah. you know, I think we can all relate to the experiences. I mean, you know, just hearing about your story and, and you know, how many siblings do you have? Uh, two. Two. And your mother, single mother, yeah, pretty much. That's my dad. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and 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 having to navigate life through that, and then you know, talking about not really having, you know, your your friends on the streets of your family. You know what I mean? 100%. And you're having to navigate, and then seeing what you saw enough to shake and stir you to be like, I don't want to ever do drugs, and I don't want to yeah. ever do alcohol because True. I've seen what you've gone through. So, yeah. you know, again, these experiences that we go through our life shape and narrate and really alter to where we are at right now to where we can have these conversations, mm-hmm. I agree. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the, the fact that, um, you know, I when you talk about anger management, my anger management was sitting in silence for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Eight hours. I was gonna ask you how long you don't talk for yeah. those retreats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 in it. You're in it. And that was my anger management because I've always suffered with anger. Mm-hmm. I've always suffered with anger. Anger is, you know, I always I talk about my father in ref in reverence, but I learned a lot of anger from my father mm-hmm. and that volatile anger. And as I came up and and even with my kids, I saw how volatile I was in the early years with my anger. And I, I remember the time, a time when I was, when I was really, really, 
just not feeling myself, but I was meditating and I, I remember, man, all that energy, you are wasting in that anger. Mm-hmm. You could be doing this. Yeah. And it was like an aha moment for me. And even with and, like all your all the stuff you're doing spiritually and physically, you still were having the anger. Right? Oh yeah, getting out yeah, yeah, way. yeah. And and then it was really it was really deep because I remember once I had made that breakthrough, how I was with my kids at that time. And yeah. I know they thought I was the nuttiest bastard on the earth because I was just talking <laughs> to them on some like Dalai Lama shit, and they were like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah compassion yeah. and equanimity, <laughs> and mudita and and vedna and chitta and what are you talking like, about? I just want to be a kid. That's yeah, I just want to be a kid. And I'm I like, don't I just don't. I, I'm just like, I don't want you to. I don't want you all to be angry at each other. I just yeah. want you to love each other. And they're like, yeah, but you know, damn. Kids are funny, man. Kids are funny, man. <laughs> but it, you know, again, you know, it was all of these experiences have led me to, you know, to the point where I'm at right now, which is I have a really great life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm breaking generational traumas. I am breaking cycles. Yeah generational cycles cycles that have been really unhealthy within my own life structure i'm getting to break them i was just talking talking to my partner about this the other day like it feels so amazing and i'm able to deal with hard shit with compassion and ease (laughs) and i know people use words very freely and very loosely but I really hold on to these words because words in 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 Rasta we say words equal sound and sound equals power. So I really feel like when you say words, they become you bring them into full existence. Yeah. And for me, I really deal with that realm where like I can't really deal with the Ray Ray out there, and I don't want to deal with all the the the. I don't like I'm not in the beef. I'm I'm vegetarian. I'm vegan. So, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I don't rule. So, you know, the whole fact that I don't deal with toxic individuals and I try to stay away from certain spaces and stuff like that is because I've done gone through so much and seen through all this stuff where I just want to reside in a place where I'm at peace. Yeah. Right? As you um, should be as you yeah, yeah. so yeah. I get to run I get to run whenever I want to I get to you know uh, um, thanks to Jared my new love is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu nice um, shout out to Otore BJJ you know that like that's a new love for me that I never thought and and it was because a really good friend of mine passed away um, a, a month or so back and one of his last words was you know get into the art stay wow. dangerous i want you to stay dangerous yep so wow. you know to him i have the time i have the money yeah i can do that now i think that's me yeah <laughs> um i think it's always been me it's always been me um but you know Are you i'm still teaching a, classes you're yeah i still yeah. teach um i still teach class um 
let me turn this fucker off. Like, <laughs> oh, like, where are you, man? Where are you? Okay, beautiful. Still teaching, all that um, shit. Yeah, so I, I still teach. Um, at the moment, I'm on, hopefully, on pace to really cultivating my my practice as far as Dharma and maybe becoming a Dharma teacher sooner or later where I really, you know, not in a monk sense, but I'm able to, you know, propagate and spread the word of, you know, Buddha and so forth. And, awesome. And then, you know, bringing music out. I'm still doing music. Um, yeah, I'm all over the place doing diversity, education, inclusion work with North Face, really. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. So, you know, as part of that... Um, this Explorer Fund Council, which was to bring equity into outside spaces and to educate not only people within North Face, but, you know, yeah. create a tool book for people who are interested in really speaking upon educating folks about getting more black, indigenous people of color out into these outside spaces because it's a very foreign space for folks. Mm -hmm. And um, luckily for me, um just with certain adventures that i've been on i i feel that i can speak and be a champion for that um that's awesome you know so yeah i'm all over the place mate google you know um i did a google campaign i'm on a, another google campaign that's coming out so my face is going to be kind of a little bit everywhere so awesome, man. you know, yeah. I'm all over the place, man. I'm trying I, to be I like Toby and Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do tours, man. No, I I'm trying to do tours. No. I'm trying to get book deals. I'm trying to get. No. Uh, one of my questions is: Are you optimist or pessimist? But you seem 100% posi, positive person. <sighs> yeah, I pessimist. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, even in your nah. darkest times, still kept it posi, right back then. Yeah, yeah, I had no choice. Yeah, yeah, I got too many people riding. You know, yeah. it was like. Come on, man! What are you doing this for? Isn't it wild? Like when you, you know, and and sad to say, some some people don't necessarily get to figure that out. But when True. you're at your darkest times, you just start thinking about other people. Yeah, you know, and you're like, damn, you like, do, and it just makes you go, fuck. I mean, what am I? I'm doing a disservice not only to these other people, but also to my own soul. Yes, you know. Yeah. That yeah. was a thing. Like I thought, I was too busy. You know, I, I was thinking about myself, but then I was thinking about my kids, and then I was thinking about my parents, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Mm -hmm. People need you. Yes, hundred percent. People need you, and then there's people who you don't think that need you that do need you, yeah, and that yeah, tell yeah. you that they needed you, and you tell them what you were going through. Yeah, like, dude, sure. you were going through that. I needed you. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, man, I, you know, it's like now more so than ever, I am mindful of everything that I do and the yeah. intentions and what I'm putting into it. Yep. Yeah. Because I'm not getting any younger, as we all know. 100%, mm -hmm. no. Right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, you got to value time and maximize your time wisely. Yeah, so if sure. you're going to maximize your time, just try to be the best human that you can be. Well, that's me. I don't know about other people, but for me, that's why the pessimist shit, I, I used to be, I, there was a time where I was a bit pessimistic about life, but that was because I wasn't hipped mm -hmm. mm. to the knowledge that I know now. Yeah. 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 
Like, you know, it mean? was a lack of education. It it was. I had yeah. to. I had to learn, but I had to breathe and I had to lean into the hardness. Mm-hmm. I had to lean into because it's not until you explore and you navigate and then you investigate is until you find the answer. You're not just gonna find the answer just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to explore and you have to investigate and there's gonna be things that are gonna come up that are not gonna be nice, mm-hmm. that is gonna be real ugly. Mm-hmm. But you have, to, you have to sit with it and when you sit with it and you breathe into it, that's when the clarity comes. Yeah, I love that. Do you have like, um, you meditate that you meditate too every day? Daily. Daily. Yoga every day? No, not yoga every day, but I, I, I try to run every day. Every day? Yeah, every day. Well, at nighttime, that's right, nighttime. We yeah. talked about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, I was telling the homie this the other day. It doesn't matter whether it's a mile or 10 miles. Just getting out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just getting out there. Because it's, it's therapy for me. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? It's therapy for me. I can go run. It's the best. It's one of the greatest forms of meditation for me. Because I can go run. I can either clear my mind, I can go through all the things and compartmentalize. Yeah. I can just tune in, I can tune out. I can have conversations with Buddha, I can not have conversations. Mm-hmm. It's it's all what I want to do. Yeah. Right? The beautiful thing about the, the, the jujitsu is that it gives me the beginner's mind again. Mm-hmm. I'm in a really scholarly phase of my life. So I love reading, I love learning. And for me, it's a great chance for me to be a scholar again. Mm-hmm. And then I love to read. Yeah. So for me, I feel like I'm a kid again. I feel like I'm in school. School, it's, I never want to stop learning. Mm-hmm. I love that. I never want to stop learning. And that, that really, for me, really is, I want to learn how to become, a, I want to learn how to become the best um, possible ally I can be for somebody in a queer trans space i want to read up and be the best ally i can be for somebody who's fighting somebody uh who is fighting white supremacy and white patriarchy i want to read up on that i want to also read up and learn how to be the most compassionate human that i can be Mm -hmm. without being a douchebag yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i love that do you listen to music when you're wrong because some people don't i do i do i do i do i go through phases i do and i don't you know, there's times when I just want to go around and I just want to hear the birds chirp and hear the birds sing and hear everything around me. And there's times when I love to put on some Alice Coltrane. Mm. I like to put on some Motorhead. I like to Motorhead, put on... To, wow. Dude, I got an eclectic taste when I run. Yeah. Because running is highs and lows, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's about... It's about whatever comes up, comes up. So yeah. that's how I like my music. Whatever comes up, comes up. Kind of surprise you when you're running just like a... Yeah, yeah I yeah. put it on shuffle, man. I put it, put it on shuffle. It might be Freddie Gibbs. It might be um, it might be Archie Shep. It might be H2O. It might <laughs> be J-Roo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I put it on... I, I have an eclectic taste. And you did marathons too in the past. Yeah. And yeah. you listen to music too and do marathons? Yeah. Um. No. No uh. music. Okay. P- too many people out there, man. Okay. Too many people out there. Smart. Too many people out there, and it's just catch the vibe. Okay. You've got to be mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. I like you that. You know, yeah, be yeah. present with the people. You know what I mean? Any yeah. race. Any race. But, you know, for me, um, the biggest thing for me is running, you know, because I, I come from run crew culture. 
So running with people that not necessarily are runners, people that have been running for a long time, kids. Yeah. I like running with everyone. I like that too. Yeah. I like I like I like that type of mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not really big into man, I want to be like a you know, six fifty mile runner and all that type of shit. Everyone's got their lanes for that. My lane yeah. is I like to run with the people. Yeah. I like to run and catch a vibe with folks. And if I don't run with folks, then I want to run with like minds. I love that. I want to step up my running for sure. And I think you'd be the one. We're, we're going to do me. it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do it. Because. Run. Yeah. yeah good because for y'all, man. Good for y'all. No, you coming too, mate. You coming too. I've got. It's listen. Amazing. I'm happy I'm, for y'all. Listen. You hear it first. You hear it first. You're going to see on Lacey's page. He's going to have some run shoes. You're going to see him running. This cat is going to be running like a fool, like I'm the really, Black Forest really, Gump. I'm really happy for y'all. That, you know. Keep going. Let's man. get to the real fun shit right now, which is your top five MCs. Oh my god! <laughs> top five. Well, first off, um, in no particular order, I'm gonna have to put Rakim Allah in there. That's my number one. Yes. Rakim Allah is definitely in there. Um, I probably have to say KRS One. He's in there for me. Yep. Um, I would probably have to say Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Okay. Because Big Daddy, for me, in the era that I was coming, see, I, Big Daddy was, yeah, Big Daddy's first album. I went to I went to Albi Square Mall. Albi Square Mall, I know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went in there to to the music place, and I remember picking the vinyl up, and I still got it to this day. Still Damn. have it. Still got wow, it to this day. Man. Still got it to this Original day. Original press. Original press. Damn. Yeah, you I big, got a lot of those big, original you have a big presses. Vinyl collection, that's yeah, right. I got a big, collection. big vinyl collection. Damn. So that's my top. I would say that would probably be my top three. And then mm, it's a hard one because there's so many great MCs out there. I know. I could put Jada in there. Mm. Jada is Jada. Jada. Yeah, Jada is incredible. I could put Black Thought in there. Damn. Yeah. Because Black Thought is incredible. Um, but we you're, are you're talking not, not, top yeah, five. None of these are wrong. <laughs> top, top five. You know, we're talking top five. I'm going to put one. Uh, you know, I have to put one in there because he is very, 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 very. And I know I haven't gone West Coast yet. <laughs> but I know all of this is East Coast, but I'm going to put him in there. Grand Pooba Maxwell from Brand Nubian. Amazing. Like when you talk about style and originality and what he did in an era where he kind of fused yeah. black nationalism and yeah it was pretty so i'm gonna put probably grand pooper in there he's never been put in the top which is incredible man and and notice that there's a trend because i got three five percenters in there um <laughs> which is pretty deep all right so my last no one chuck d in there huh no okay. i love chuck okay and i was just listening to fear of a black planet mm-hmm. but i can't put him up there in the okay. mount rushmore respect Hmm, the last one to round it out. The last MC. Drum roll. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, you know what? Grand Poob, I'm going to take Grand Poob back out because I I got two. Damn. MF Doom. Wow. Damn. I saw him back in the day with KMD. Dude. He was in KMD, yeah. I I, got to say, man, MF Doom, lyrically... 
Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we got Big Daddy. We got Rakim. We got last one. I said MF Doom, right? Yep. He said KRS. Oh my God. It's going to, you know what? It's going to be out of these two. It's going to be out of. It's going to have to be out. God, it's, I love how tough the, this question yeah, is. Yeah, top fives are, yeah, top fives are hard. That's a tough question for anybody. It's yeah. amazing. Um, I'm surprised it won. Let's see what happens. See what you get right now. It's out of three. It's out of it's out of Grand Puba, it's out of Jada. I feel like I'm missing one. I Guru? Feel... Nas, Nas, Jay-Z, Biggie? Nas, Jay-Z, Biggie? Nas. Yes. I forgot Nas. Yes. Nas, can I put Ooh. a can I put a sleeper in there? Sure. I gotta put a sleeper. Cool G rap. Insane. Ooh, Incredible. Okay. Cool G rap's incredible, man. Cool G rap. Nobody ever mentions him in the top. Yeah. Yeah. Cool G rap. I mean, Streets in New York, Road to the Riches. Road to the Riches, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Poison. I mean, you got to remember, him and Big Daddy were on pace to be, like, neck and neck. Actually, Cool G Rap, Big Daddy Kane, and Rakim. And and Cool G doesn't... Cool G was too gangster with it. He was so street, dude. He was too street with it. Yeah, dude. And then Big Daddy was too got to a point where he was two ladies with it, and that's mm. when Rakim took the mantle for me. Okay, because Rakim still had that element of street. He still had the the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, but was so so enigmatic that he had tracks called Mahogany, Mahogany that yeah, could yeah. speak to the ladies, talking about. How he could finesse him with his mind and intellect, and how the mind. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's a really hard one because you know, there's, you know, Jay. I mean, Jay Z. Jay Z is not. Jay Z's on a lot of Mount Rushmores. He's not on my Mount Rushmore. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's not. Or Biggie. No. And and Biggie. Biggie is Biggie is top ten. Okay. Yeah. Biggie's top ten, but you you're talking about. I mean the verses with K- KRS and the KRS and, and Big Daddy Kane yeah. showed you yeah. why these these guys have literally songs upon songs upon songs upon songs. Yeah. yeah. Rakim. I literally listen to Rakim. I literally I literally listened to Follow the Leader in its entirety the other day. And when you talk about lyrical structure and lyrical wordplay, and how he really breaks down the mind. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. How about no like no native tongue stuff? Wait, I don't think I've ever heard yours. Mine's Rockham KRS One, Rockham KRS One, Nas, Biggie, mm. Nas, Biggie, KRS One, Jay Z for me, man. Yeah. Really, okay. you put Jay Z in there, huh? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I always loved him since uh, Reasonable Doubt, man. His whole story, everything about not just the music, everything about him. Everything man. about right. yeah, I've 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 gone I've I've I would say that I have a newfound respect for Jay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do now. Because I was never really a Jay fan, to be honest with you. I was definitely more of a biggie fan. Jay just didn't really 
do much for me. The one track is Ima- um, Imaginary Player. Yeah, which record is that from? I want to say that's um, later. Uh, no, that's that's Reasonable Doubt. Is it Player on the is first? It? Oh yeah. Or is, is that in uh, Volume? I what was look, that? I have to in? look it up. It's one of the first ones. Okay, yeah. One or two, but Imaginary Player that album. I like. Okay. All the other Jay-Z albums, I'm just not... Not the Black album? Nah. Damn. Nah. But we don't talk about... Watch the throne. Watch the throne. That's amazing, Watch the throne. Watch the throne. But like Tribe, Dela, Leaders of the New Q-tip, School. Because Q-Tip, Q-Tip is a great... When, when, when you were talking about MCs, to me, a Tribe Called Quest is a Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. When you talk about Dela, Dela is Dela. When you talk about, um, you know, yeah, it's a album I, of my lifetime. It was a, my yeah, lifetime. I knew, I knew yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Black Moon. I mean, Buckshot is an incredible MC. Crazy. But 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 black but but it's Black Moon. It's the same thing with Smith and Wesson. I can't weapon, say yeah. Tech is a better MC than Steel. Yada mm. yada. But when we're defining MCs, yeah. I'm always I'm always scared to say mine. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear yours. What is yours? But Guru too, though. Guru. But Guru, Guru, Guru's in my top ten. Me too. Guru's in my top 100%, ten. Dude. Guru's in my top ten. Daily operation, full clip. Yeah. Um, step into step the into arena. arena. That's what I'm saying. You guys talk so deep on it that I'm like, I don't even. Hard I to earn. Even Hard to earn. Come on, I want to hear it. What do you got, Chappelle? Okay, and keep no, it one yeah. million because you're younger. I'll keep it. I'll keep it one million. Yeah, yeah. In no particular order. Yeah. Common. Beautiful. Uh, nobody ever says common. No, common. Amazing. No. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube. Okay. Uh, nobody ever says that. Amazing. Yeah. I love Ice Cube. I yeah. know you do. Um, Ghostface. Now, Woo! Ghostface I makes my Ghostface. top 10. Ghostface okay. makes my top 10. Okay. That's a fair I one. I got Rayquan in mine for sure. Um, yeah. Um, damn. Damn, bro. This is good. Yeah. No. The, those are great to me. The I of love your common, era, man. yeah. Common, common's like so positive. Common, yeah, common yeah. hits me in a way that makes me just like fucking feel it and just like I agree, dude. You know, like the, the beat energy, album, the, the beat, beat album. That's the, the, yeah, the beat that album, album that's specifically. That's the epitaph, right there. That, yeah. that album specifically. Yeah. I want to be as free as the spirits of those. Like what if chocolate was good, but B B is the one. Like just the opening, the opening track B. Yeah. And then your world. Yeah, the the ending. The I mean, the, it's yeah, your <laughs> Come on, it's so yeah. posy, it's so deep, yeah. so it's so posy. real. Yeah. Um, I gotta put Kendrick in there. Ah, you know what we did, uh, Kendrick. I, Kendrick's Brad, top to, ten for me. I have to. The guy was, who's it, what's what's odd. It wasn't even his early stuff that did it for me. I went back and visited his early stuff, but it was the damn record that mm. that made me go holy fuck. And then I went back. And then I was like, "Yep, this Section is Eighty for me. How to pimp yeah. a butterfly? All those records. I mean, yeah. I mean, great, great. The guy downstairs doing the painting in my house, same age as you. Yeah, he said that like Kendrick's like this generation is Tupac. Poetry, lyric, lyrically, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't okay. say Tupac. I, okay. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would do Tupac as a comparison. Here's my thing with Tupac. Okay. Well, give me your last one because we still got one more. Do I have one more? Yeah. yeah. You oh yeah, one yeah, more. yeah. Um. It's weird because it's like it's such a weird, uh, but no one. I don't know how much you guys would really know. Let's go. I, I mean, it's most of mine are like West Coast that have come off. Come on, uh, right I'm now. waiting. I'm waiting. I want to hear it. Andre Nicotina. Hmm. I don't know. Me either. Oh no! But you know who? 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 You know what? 
No, I can't do it. Andre but, 3000. Yep, I was going to say Andre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Andre. Andre. Three stacks. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've never heard this one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Actually, it's more top five with all those. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Those are the ones that I like connect with on. Like each one does something differently for me. I mean, yeah, like no particular order. That yeah. obviously, like I do have like a top ten. But we those ones, Kuja either. Yeah, no. But uh, no. I like LL, but thing, no. Oh yeah. So my thing with Tupac, it was like, I guess what was tough for me at times is like he make a song like Brenda's got a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. he have this. And then he have a the hit him yeah, up yeah, track. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So like, I guess I just couldn't find my balance with Tupac, mm. you know, like not saying I didn't like his stuff. I, I like it. a lot of yeah. Tupac yeah. songs, but it was hard for me to find a balance with them, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I loved the yeah. the harder shit. And I loved when Brenda's yeah. got, a, you know, Brenda's got a baby, you know, like, Dear Mama. I love that stuff. Yeah. Dear Mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all that stuff, but it was just not someone that I, that, I, that is like the first thought in my yeah. mind yeah. when it comes to it. Like, whereas like Ice Cube, he was telling these dope stories Incredible, the whole man. way. You know what I mean? Those first, Lethal Injection, you know, those first four uh, albums, America's Most Wanted, America's Most Wanted Death America, Certificate, Lethal Injection, Listen, Predator. When like he those records got with are, the Bomb Squad. Dude, when he got rap. with the Bomb Squad, it was a rap, man. It was a rap. And, like, yeah. and the historian, yeah. and like, and just his story in general, you know, when you think about it, like, this dude, this dude left a group at the height of everything that was yep. like the height, yeah, no Vaseline, yeah, oh. the height of like their success. They're doing these big tours, playing these big venues, Fucking arenas, and man, then yeah. he was just straight up like, nah, with it. Obviously, on some business level money's stuff, not right, yeah, man. you know, yeah. but on some spiritual right. level shit. Because you got to remember, yeah. he caught with Farrakhan and yes, caught with the did. nation. Yes, he That's did right. link yeah. with the nation. He did link yeah. with the nation. So, Damn. and then to see that someone leave that and not fall flat, yeah. And he's winning now. I mean, look he's, at him he's now. Had, he hasn't. He, I mean, he's been winning. Yeah, he you has know, been winning. About it, Let's man. give Ice Cube his flowers, man. Yeah, Ice Cube is. He's been you know, good times, man. Yeah, Ghostface. I'm a, oh, I just that is the. I, I love how I mean, this shit came out later. It was first Raekwon, then Old Dirty Bastard, Method Man. All this kind of came out first, and he was always kind of playing the background. Yeah, and then, and then when he came see, out, he he hit it. Bruh. That one, that one record, uh, Sup- Supreme Clientele. Oh, yeah. Come on, man, Daytona five hundred. That that for me. I mean, you you talking about for me, especially when it comes to Wu. I, it it was almost like, for me, it was almost like these were like my older brothers coming up. Yeah. Right, and you know, for me, I came up in the five percent in that time. Yeah. So it was like, it was really deep for me to see these cats really coming up in that era. Yeah. And then to talk with the Kung Fu too. And knowing that I was in the- That's true. It was like, I was, I remember seeing, um, I was at Tower Records in Austin, Texas. And my homie who knew that I did street promotion gave me my copy of protect your neck Ooh. i don't know where that 12 inches i have the single casingo still you have the casingo yes i do yeah so he gave me a promo copy of the 12 inch and i remember hearing that and then i remember when raekwon dropped um only cuban, built oh, for cuban, cuban links yeah, yeah. yeah and i remember going to the record store that day and bumping it 
dude. For like a week. Incarcerated Scarfaces? Bro. Bro. Oh, my God. Here's the thing about Wu. That'll never happen again. No, it will never happen again. No one could ever. No. Pull that off again. Did no. anybody really try to really after that? I don't think so. I don't I think mean, so. I mean, I don't I don't think so. But it, no. That that some that Slaughterhouse, can, maybe. No. no. Okay, okay. They 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 no. They got they got check <laughs> too. Yeah. There's just yeah, there's yeah. just no like yes, you have like what well, you had like young money, death row, like you had it like that, but you Who didn't have Wu Tang clan. Like No. And then nine have nine dudes? Right. Ghosts. There's no way. There's no way. All no. different personalities, but all seem to connect in such. There's just. No, there's we'll never no see way. that again. We'll never no, see we'll native never see tongues that. again. We'll never see that. To again. see groups that have a camaraderie, that love, have a general love of each other. I mean, that's the thing that. They get ASAP mob. They have different things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's just no, no. Well, well, where are they now? Because you don't really see them together as much. What yeah. Wolfgang? They were called Wolfgang or something yeah. like it was. Golf him, gang. Uh, yeah, golf gang. Earl sweatshirt. Oh yeah. Domo yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Tyler. See, but, but so you can't then, really. Never, yeah. Like, none of none of those. Everyone you just named never. To do a thirty-six chamber? No, yeah, 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 no, not at all, not at all. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's just no. But then you think about thirty-six chambers, Iron Man, only built for Cuban links, um, uh, liquid swords, <laughs> liquid swords. Come on, when we just there's just, yeah, there's just none no. of these cats, none of these cats. How about the video for Protect Your Neck? Like on the box, looks like a DIY like punk video, black and white. Mm-hmm. TDE so were the closest. Oh, TDE were the closest, but oh, now yeah. Kendrick's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But those videos, the Wu-Tang, how great oh, and gritty they were, like black and white, oh. on the box, you could rent it with a video box. It was amazing. I know. It man. was amazing. And, and and you know, I'm 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 wearing clocks now, and I love yeah, clocks. Wallabies? Yeah. Yeah, Wallabies. But you yeah. got to think, you got to think these cats for bringing that back. And where did that come from? The clocks? Yeah. So the clocks originally were, um, they were a status symbol for um, Jamaicans. Okay. Right? So I don't know how they came to be in Jamaica. Um, I don't know if it was the British or what, but um, a lot of cats were just wearing clocks in Jamaica. And then it started becoming like a, a, a footwear where you'd see a lot of Ross. Okay. And a lot of a lot of cats. Um, there's a really great film called Rockers. I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you haven't, no, I'll check it out. I suggest you watch it. And that's the Wallabies. Who who tied up the Wallabies? Is that a Wu Tang? I don't thing? know. I don't know okay. where the Wallaby term came from, but the whole clocks, the desert treks, the the chuckers, they all came from Jamaican culture, gotcha. and they were all. And I think when Jamaican culture came into New York in the late eighties, early nineties. That culture came because it was a sign when when it came into Jamaica in Jamaica culture in New York, it was more of a status of the rude boy. Okay, it was a rude boy symbolism, right? Yeah, yeah. and the same thing in England. You, that's how like cousins, you know. My dad wore my dad and his partners wore clocks. Sick. So clocks has always been around, but then when it came into New York, it was a status symbol for the, like the gangsters. Because all the Jamaican rude boys and all the Jamaican gangsters would wear clocks. Interesting. And then these cats got hip to it. Yeah, the Wu Tang was just a, and like then they brought they, it to the hip hop. Oh, they brought yeah. it to another whole, another level. Yeah, the Wu Tang ones, everything. Yeah, man. yeah. 
And then what about? So, I have a question. What about bucket hats? Bucket hats. Are we? Are we? Where are we talking yep. about that? Yeah, yep. but it, it's like a. It's a thing now. Obviously, it's a really big thing. Obviously, now. know it's an England thing. Always know EPMD rocking them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cypress Hill rocking them. Yeah, Hope, Cypress Hill. Re- Hope was recently, but I'm saying back then. The back then, heads. yeah. But yeah, like in well, LL Cool J in the, the yeah, 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 where yeah. he was wearing the Kango yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. So bucket hats. I so I don't really know where bucket the science of bucket hats really came from. I just know that they really were a, a symbol for. It was New York. Yes. Well, like I, thought origi- it was, I thought it was like the, the European football culture. Was it really? I, well, I don't I know. I thought they were fishing I thought, hats. I thought, yeah. For, I Europe, don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. This I don't, is me rolling I don't, I don't remember it so much in England as, a, as opposed to here. Yeah. I saw it more in the hip hop, like yeah. EPMD. Um LL, LL. Um, even Cypress, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah, so, even yeah, Cypress, yeah, yeah. like in Cy- when Cypress first came out, they were wearing bucket hats. Yeah, um, Sendog was, yeah. But you know, shit, I remember Caddyshack. It was like, you know, yeah, what I mean, Caddyshack. you know, it was it. it we saw it more f- so hip hop. Yeah, got it. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, and then you said like Fisher was it like a fisherman hat. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, put yeah. Your originally, stuff on put there. your tackles on yeah. and stuff like that. It's but crazy you got to remember yeah. though too that fishermen vests were really big back in the late nineties, mm-hmm. mid nineties in hip hop. The vests where they put the all their like vests. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they right. were really big too. But Carhartt, the bucket, all that. Shit. Yeah, but the bucket hat. I don't really know where the bucket hat came from, but I know in the late eighties, you got to remember Rocksteady. B yeah, boys were right. rocking yeah. bucket hats. Oh yeah, and B Street. They're all, yeah, yeah. everyone. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Rocksteady crew. Everyone yeah. was rocking. It's just something taken from something that's made for, then put in. It's so cool and stuff like that happens. Like the worker gear, like the car back in the nineties. We all rocked that shit. The Run DMC. What? Run DMC was rocking them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. yeah. You're right. yeah. You're right. When they were doing the down with the kings joint, yeah. and they were running with the Onyx. Yeah, everyone was wearing Carhartt. Carhartt's Ben Davis yeah. came to the ben East Davis. Coast. Ben Davis. Yeah. Ben Davis, obviously. And Dickies. And but Ben Davis was West Coast. He came to the East Coast. But I love how like, well, beasties, da- like beasties, East yeah. Coast yeah. and West Coast rock Ben Davis, but they rock it. In a very East Coast way, in a very very West West Coast Coast way, way. yes, very much so, very much so. But it's true. And then Doc Martens came to hip hop, and then shaving it it, called it a baldy. Like when Onyx came, it wasn't skin; it was baldies. And I love how Doc Martens is making another comeback. comeback. And it's like Fred Perry. Fred Perry is making another comeback now. You need to start rocking. I saw a lot of that when I was in. You go, come on, mate, come on. So there's a place called Poses. Uh-huh. In in um, on Melrose. On Melrose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poses is the home. They and they have the there. English ones there too. Oh, okay. So I would do your research and find out how much they are in England because you might be just better off just buying a mirror. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Okay, what but about groups? This is, this is my, f- I love this shit. Okay, what about <laughs> what about groups then? Hip-hop groups. Hip-hop groups. Because you know we got the Beasties, got Wu-Tang, De La, Mob Tribe. Deep, Tribe. Tribe. These are the new school. Yep. Um, Black Moon. Black Moon. The Roots. God. I remember but The Roots. Groups. I'll give you a story. I remember getting the promo of The Roots. Um, God. I remember the same day getting the, the promo of The Roots, and I don't remember what song it was. And on the, uh, it, they were both signed to Geffen and Jizz's, one of Jizz's tracks. 
And then on that same day, I got Shook Ones Part 1. Because I used to do street promotion. So I got yeah. these all on the same day. I got Roots. And this was the Roots. It was Roots. It was a, a Jizza track. And then there was um, and then another promo with Shook Ones Part 1. But yeah, man, that era. You're talking about groups. You're talking Tribe. You're talking Dela. You're talking Souls of Mischief, um, Gangstar, Gangstar, uh, Woo, Fushnikins, Fushnikins, Lord of the Underground. Um, <laughs> so dude, many, dude, there were so many, yeah, and then West Coast, and then West Coast, Compton's Most Wanted. Yeah, um, yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, that was MC8, right? MC8, yeah. MC8. Wow. Um, and we can go. I mean, we House can of go, Pain, Cypress, House of Pain, Cypress Hill. You know, the whole Souls Assassins crew, Funk Dubious. Um, Great record. Uh, God, I Sun mean. Doobie, the Funk Yeah. So they're, much. They're so, I right mean, now. you know, when when you think about, like, I, I don't mind the new stuff. I really don't. And I know that there was you old people. Take it for what yeah, it is. you got to yeah. take it for what it is. But there was something back then, that golden era. Yeah. And magical, I mean, man. it was a magical time mm-hmm. to the point where it was in the fashion. Yeah. Right. It was in the music. And there was, and I feel like there was, there was a really a cross section. There was an intersection. Mm-hmm. There was a real big intersection before we even knew what that word even was. We were intersecting. And I still remember, was it like the biohazard? And Bionics the, remix. Yeah. 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 Video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was so many mashups. Judgment Night soundtrack. Judgment Night soundtrack. You got to deep dive that. That's incredible. I'm sure you heard it before though. No, yeah. You, you told me about it. Everybody's yeah. on Were you on that? No, I was just in the video for the Onyx. I was in the Onyx okay. videos. And, yeah, yeah, but that was a great time. Yeah. The, the where there was a Yeah, the crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there was, there was a time where everyone was just really loving everyone. Yeah. You would get hip hop dudes listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers. You would have red yeah. hot chili peppers listening listen to hip hop. You know what's so crazy when I think about it? I feel like Rage Against the Machine just became that. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people were doing these crossovers bands and, and they and they and they were just like, We'll just do that yep. as a band. Yeah. You know, like right. Yeah. And 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 I gotta credit Anthrax and Public Enemy because yeah, they were man. doing tours together. Yes. Do you remember that? Which was Damn. way bro, different crowds. Way sure. different yeah, back crowds. Then it wasn't that, like that opened up the Rage Against the Machine Wu Tang shows. That's right. Yes. Oh yes. Good point. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Which were totally different crowds. Yes. Now it's kind of funny because Rage and Run the Jewels are touring together. So I'm yep. going to see that for sure. Yeah. But I remember so, Method Man diving in the crowd. Yeah. Method Man after those Yo, tours. Exactly. Method Man gets hyped it on goes stage. Hard. It's Man. so dope. And Let like, me tell you, the them first- shows back then, when 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 Meth used to stave dive and and stay, he would walk, he walks on the crowd. He'd walk on I the remember, crowd. I remember people were like, hold, like when I saw Wu Tang, people were like holding him up in the air, and yeah. he was just and he's a he's not a little dude, he's a big no, dude, man. And, he, and he's tall. Yeah, and people were holding him up. I was like, bro, I was like, he goes hard. <laughs> then Meth in on the Limp Biscuit song. Yes. Yeah. I was like, holy yes. shit. Like, I was just listening to that the other day. Yeah, that song. And that I was talking about it. Corn uh, toured with, uh, they brought Ice Cube on their You're tour. Right. Yep. That's beautiful. You see what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. right, man. You see what I'm saying? It was a, it was a, there was a really great time where 
there was a lot of intersectionality. Yeah. Going, let me not use that word. In there was a lot of intersections between those genres. One hundred percent. And one of the first sure. New York cargo bands to kick it off in nineteen eighty nine. Sick of it all's first record. KRS One does the intro to the album. Come on now. Master KRS One spreading reality. You suck as an eighty nine. Yeah. Sick Come on. Up. Yeah, man, that was incredible. And I don't know whether it was before that or after that, but do you remember um, KRS with was it was it who who did he do the track with? Was it was it Sonic Youth or did he really? Michael Stipes? Who's Michael, Michael Stipes? Uh, REM. REM. I remember yeah. that. Yep, the KRS REM crossover. And yeah. then more so new new uh, newer generation. Blink One Eight Two and Lil Wayne did a tour together. That's wow. right. Wow. I was on that tour. Dude, I went out to those shows. Yeah, I did. Remember that? Yeah, and Travis did it too with Lil Wayne with Nicki Minaj on the tour. I went out to that too. Shit, yeah. Give the drummer some and Travis did that solo. Mm. Like, no, I went out to that. And then when he drummed for the game on yep. One Blood Remix. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I love all that shit. Like, I love it. Because it was so separate back in the day. Yeah. Like, you go yeah. to a hip-hop show, just do a punk show. And now I think it's like, now I went and saw Travis Scott. There's like two mosh pits my son brought me to. People, Tyler created stage diving at his shows. Yeah. I love all that shit, it's, it's 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 beautiful. Yeah, it's, yeah, and we need it. We need it. We need it. You I think it right when there. when when right when there. when we got the when 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 the the kind of floodgates opened and we were like allowed to come back outside. Yeah. I really think a lot of these artists were like, okay, we outside. All right, let's make it a show now. Let's make it a show. Let's make it a show. And Tyler is a classic example of that. My my daughter's got me into Tyler. Actually. My son got me into that last record. It was incredible. Yeah, Lumberjack. Yeah, song. Lumberjack. Ooh, like the beats. you know. Yeah. Wait, his guitar player Henderson. Didn't his kids get him into? Isn't he like a big Tyler? Yeah, because the his kids. Fan? Yeah, he's yeah. Three young boys. Kids. Yeah, they're turning kids. him on to Vince Staples and all these other artists yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, it's we we we're blessed in a way. We're kind of blessed. Super blessed. Yeah, because yes. we have we come from certain eras, but we can appreciate this era. And I yeah. appreciate it. I love J Cole. I love oh, Kendrick. I love, Bro, I love Freddie it. Gibbs. I love yeah. Freddie Gibbs. I love Freddie Gibbs. I love J Cole. Like yeah. I love that. I get a kick out of that, and I just love the fact that um, you know, we're blessed. To where we can go and appreciate these shows. Yeah. Go and appreciate this music. And at the same time, we can still come home, put on an old school vinyl, wherever it's Fear of a Black Planet, <laughs> yeah. wherever it's Oasis Greatest Hit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's Five Year Plan, yeah. you know it's, what I mean? Not, on the kinda, 20th fed anniversary. It's kind of hearing you, cool hearing you guys talk because, like, you guys are obviously older than I am, but and you guys came up in the era of hip hop when it was like, yo, hip. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. And so to hear you guys talk about the newer stuff today and not have this bitterness towards it and appreciate it for what it is and understand with also understanding the time that you came from, you know what I mean? But yeah. also being able to like yeah. understand like, yeah, that's what, yeah, life is supposed to yeah. evolve. You know, yeah. it's not supposed to be what it was in the 90s, yeah. you know, in New York. Yeah. You know, it's not supposed to be that. It's supposed it's, to be what this era is. Because exactly. this punk and hardcore doesn't sound like the stuff I grew up on, but it's still under that umbrella of that mm-hmm. music. Yeah. The mentality, the lyrics, the lifestyle, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just sounds different to me now, and I still love it because it is different. You yeah. Know? Like, we're not going to stay the same forever, you know? No, like, you can't. You can't. It needs to... It's like the I Ching. The I Ching is... The I Ching is based on the oracles of life in the universe, and the premise of it is change. Mm. Change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. 
you can't you it, the minute that you go against change you're doing yourself a disservice mm-hmm. yeah i agree man you gotta flow with it yeah i've always been like that. i've always loved all kinds of music and been open-minded to it and it's cool seeing my son now find his own music and bring hip-hop home for me to check out yeah different artists I never heard of but like yeah. the energy of him finding it is the same energy you had when, when you i were. found it you know what I mean? Great like, point. Exactly. Like that's that's how I look at it. It's yeah. like exactly. I mean, I don't have kids, but like just seeing, it's like, you know, yeah, because he's always coming up to me, showing playing me all, song. I playing know. me all yeah. this song. Yo, you gotta check this song. Check this song. But it's it's probably the similar energy to when I was finding you know, music. I found you it differently, finding, obviously. No internet. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no internet. Yeah. But that energy is. Is yeah, there. it's still yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thinking, beautiful thing. I was just thinking I met Madonna one time, but it was at CBGB's. Cypress Hill performed at CBGB's and, wow. and she pulled up like in a limo and I was with all my tatted up hardcore dudes just like her Madonna at CBGB's at a Cypress Hill show sounds crazy this, this, crazy meditate on me. that for a second yeah. <laughs> that's crazy yeah <laughs> Madonna pulling up to CBGB's Cypress Hill show on a Cypress Hill show and she show. was Madonna at wow she, she was like Freddie Demand her manager yeah they pull up in a limo it like it a, wasn't like she was just like some you know Random ladies, yeah. Like random like it's newer artists. It's yeah. Madonna. It was wild, man. At a Cypress Hill show. Yeah, yeah in the early nineties. At CBGBs. <laughs> yeah, that's that was, blowing my mind because I know how historic that is. Yeah, and I got to meet her. I have a tattoo of her. I had a picture of her in my wallet. She signed it. I still have it. I was like, I was a super fan. Wow. And she was tripping like all these dudes with tats. Like at CBGBs, like who would even fuck with her? You know what I mean? Yo, Madonna, that, that's a crazy thing about Madonna. Madonna was, Madonna, Madonna had respect kind of everywhere. Yeah, there was pictures of her in Lower East Side at different pizzerias that she used to go to still when she was huge. She'd pull up and get her slices on 8th Street and like 2nd Avenue. They had a picture she signed and that was her pizza spot still. She would come, I, I heard some stories of her like pulling up like, this was before like, you know, you you would have to get a pass if you come into the CEO or stuff like that. But yeah. in New York, she used to run with all the the the, the rappers out there, mm, like damn. all of them. Yeah, like this, you know, stories of her hanging out with Q-Tip and Big Daddy and Tupac, stuff like them, yeah, yeah, all of those cats, all of those cats. Crazy man, crazy. New York was just the melting pot of all that shit. Like New York, used New to York. Be there then, you know, New York at that time. I'm so blessed that I got to. Or should I say, we are blessed to to see New York at that time. You know the raunchiness of Forty Second Street. Woo. You know the, the 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 porn and the kung fu and you know Lower East Side, all that dude. Shit. Lower East Side, like bro. I'm Lower East Side. It's crazy. There were time, There were parts of Lower East Side I couldn't go to. Avenue C, D, all those spots. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like Lower East Side in the nineties was Niles Barkley. It was, man. It Even was. by CBS too. It's just the area of the Bowery and stuff. Yeah, too. man. Yeah. yeah. Now you look at those areas. It's like pristine. You know, Lexus dealers. John Varvatos is the CBGBs now. Like clubs we had, like Chipotle's and stuff like that. But things change. You can't yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Lucky to have that time there. You know? Yeah, you yeah. Had that time. Yeah. It was. A, it was a great time, man. It was. It was a. It was, it was, yeah. I mean, main. You know, we're talking about hip hop groups. Main source. Main source. Looking out the back door. Yeah, dude. That that introduced the way for Nas. 
Like Ultra magnetic MCs, you yeah. know what I mean? That introduced mm-hmm. the way for Paul C. That Paul C. introduced the way to Scott LaRock. Scott LaRock introduced the way to third BD. base. Put third K- base KMD M- on, which is MF Doom. Come on, man! Yeah, like when you, when you, yeah, crazy man. Mm. I got to we, see, I got to see Wu Tang perform "Protect Your Neck" live for the first time. Hot ninety seven at the Palladium. My wife worked the Palladium. Wow! At the Palladium. Yeah, it was crazy, man. And that got to be there when uh, Oh Dirty Bass was on the run from the law and they performed maybe Wu-Tang Forever album at the Palladium. And at the end of the set, end of the set, like a spotlight came on and they all spread out and this dude came out in a hoodie and it was old. I just got goosebumps. Oh Dirty Bass, he took off his hoodie and his hair and he did all of his songs and they got arrested on 42nd Street at McDonald's after that. Wow. It was that moment the whole crowd went crazy. And he came out, people went crazy because they were looking for him. You know what I mean? It was so crazy, bro. You know, everyone's got a wild Wu-Tang story, so I got one for you, and it wasn't me actually seeing them. So it was one night, and I had just got off work from Whole Foods. I was at Whole Foods, and um, all the homies were like, yo, Wu-Tang's going to be at the House of Blues. It's a one-night show. You got to come, Hawk. You got to come. It's House of Blues in Orlando. It's where everyone came. I rocked that. It's a great great venue, Yeah, great venue. And um, you got to come, bro. You got to come. And I was like, eh. And I don't remember. I think I had, I think I I had, was it the one or two kids? I can't remember. And I had the opportunity to go. And I was just like, you know, I'm going home. I'm going to bed. I'll see Wu-Tang another time. Supposedly, and I heard it from several, several sources, um, it was the whole group except for, I think, I don't remember if ODB had passed by then or mm. what. Quentin Tarantino was there. Oh, yeah. And did all the ODB lyrics Come on, on dude. stage. Are you fucking with the serious? With the clan. I haven't even heard that. Because isn't he tight with uh, RZA? Yeah, yeah real yeah, tight yeah. with RZA. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. In Orlando, Florida. He sang Audrey Bass's verses. Holy shit, bro. So that's... You know, if anyone was there at the time, House of Blues, I, I don't remember what year. It had to be in the mid-2000s because that's when I was there. But, yeah, that is House insane. of Blues. And supposedly uh, Quentin Tarantino was in crowd. RZA pulled him out, and he came out and did ODB versus. That is no that's videos with nothing back then probably for that. No. Nah. Yeah. That's incredible, man. Yeah, because now everyone's got the camera phones. Everyone's yeah, no. a video. Nah, back then, you couldn't. You, but that's that was what's this. cool, though, that it is a story. You had to be there to see it. You, you had to be there to, to see, see it. it. Yeah. You had to be there. You had to be there. That's beautiful, too. Like That's be- that's way beautiful. Yeah, it's not like stories like that. Was yeah, like not man. Not footage of everything. I always think about that, like when people do take footage, you know, from time to time. Like, I, I mean... If I go to a concert, I'll, I'll get my one, yeah, and then yeah. I'll put it yeah, away. Yeah, 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 Because there's something about, like... Except at the game show, I was fucking yeah. hyped. I'm like, <laughs> there was a lot, yeah, there was a lot. Was yeah, a lot. yeah, there was but a lot. But I'm like, dude, I think about it, I go, I can't really feel it if I if, if, mm. I'm, if I have my phone up. I want to feel yes. what the fuck this yes. is. Yes. There's yes. something about that, and, I, and, I, and you never get that authentic feeling when it's just like, Cause it's like, oh well, now you're a videographer now, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like what? Like you know, it's it's, it's deep like that. And it's so funny you should say that because I remember one concert, one show, which was, and I mean, I couldn't even imagine if we had camera phones back then. It was Souls of Mischief, 
It was De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest. And maybe Black Sheep was on that bill. But it was when the award tour came out. It was Where'd a, you see this? This was in Dallas, Texas. I saw the same thing in New York at the Palladium. I have the flyer in my, in my, my photo album. So you remember that tour? I saw the whole lineup. Yes. I have the flyer. See, I'm even getting... I'm going to show you the flyer. I have it in my freaking thing. I saw that. It was great. Bro. Let me tell you about shows. When you talk about shows it's where incredible. the whole crowd, and this was in Dallas, Texas, and I want to say it was like, like a big field. And we had pull back then because we knew Mad Flavor. We knew all <laughs> the Dallas homies. So we were all... That show had to be one of the most memorable hip-hop shows that I had ever been to. When you talk about a whole crowd was, yeah. singing lyric for lyric, Every lyric of every song. It's true. You don't get shows like that hardly anymore. I'm sure you might do because everyone knows your lyrics. And but yeah, you know shows where like it's like four groups and they all and, kill it. And, it's and all. they all kill it. Yeah, all of them. I miss shows like. Yeah, that was a beautiful Damn. show. That was that was a play. They don't make them that. like that no more. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't, man. I saw third base at NYU in like a small room. It was crazy with KMD, maybe because I definitely seen KMD once. Yeah, because they were KMD was rolling hard with them back I in know. the day. Mm. Crazy man. I could talk hip hop all uh, day. Well, I'm just <laughs> knowing you're you're the crowd who listens to this show. I'm wondering if they're probably thinking like, is Toby on one? He's talking now, too we talk much. about hip hop a lot throughout do this. Do? Yeah, man, okay. always do. Like okay. people know my love for it. I feel like I know more about hip hop than I do punk rock sometimes, just because I, I loved it and embraced it so much. Growing up, teaching breakdance in the eighties, then mm. moving to New York, loving Run DMC, yeah, and then going to the clubs in New York and going to Sheets and Pillows, going to the Limelight, going to um, these West Side clubs. Like, yeah, because me and my the dudes I roll with, we would we it was a mixed group of kids. From Queens everywhere, like Puerto Rican, everything. So, you know, and we'd rock, yeah. we'd, we'd rock everywhere. We'd go to the hit CBs and then go to Limelight and then go see Airbnb Rock Him. There was a shootout at the show. We had to run out down the fire escape. He played, barely played one song. It's a famous story. And his son was on stage as a baby. Now I know his son now. Wow. And like I never got to see him since then until fast forward 30 years later. Mm. But we ran down the fire escapes and I saw Dante Ross the other night. We both, oh shit! You know Dante. Yeah, we both we both did that same show. We talked about it the other night. Yeah. I would really love to sit with Dante. I, I'm gonna have on too because he lives close to me. I'm gonna have on. Oh, he does. Shout to Dante. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've met Dante a couple of times actually, and um. I'll have you back yeah. on for that with well, him. Well, have me back on I with him because, to, bro, dude. please do. Hip hop is through you too. Like he produced so many things. Listen, bass, let me tell you, I will bring the vinyls that Dante's okay. names on. Okay. Like I got brand Nubian. Ooh. I got like, bro. Okay. Dante. That'd be a great yeah. episode. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Because I I know I come from that era. He just you know did a six mean? part episode. I heard it was crazy. But I go back with him. So he he I, we had our crew and he used to roll his. We used to see him at clubs. Let me see if I. St- yeah, Dante. Because he yeah. was following me, and I, I yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if I was following him. Sorry, Dante. But um, let's have him on. I'll, yeah, I want to. Yeah, do let's, that do with him. let's do it. Let's I'll do it. I'll text him after this because we ran into each other. At the, he's eating vegan green, a lot yeah, too. Yeah, at green, green table. table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you we can. Ran, totally... We ran into him twice somewhere else too. Yeah. Well, he used to shop at my Whole Foods, and I would always say Dante Ross, and he'd be like, "Huh? Dante's a scrub." Yeah. Um, okay, that's, that's gonna be the part two. All right. With cool. Dante. Yeah. All right, perfect. Because I could talk perfect. music all day with this all right, shit. All right. Let's dude. do it. Let's do it. Let's Let do it. Let me check my I'm notes. In. Be sure I get all my stuff about you. <laughs> you I got one question. Let's all go, right, bro. It's, a, it's such a British question. Right, oh, did you ever it. watch this? I used to. So this is. 
how I got fascinated with British culture. I used to watch this show when I was a kid All right. in the early 90s. All right. And it was called uh, Chef. And oh, was, come on, Lenny Henry. It, yes. Lenny yes. Henry. Yes. yes. Every time I bring up that show, no one knows what the fuck See, I'm See, I'm getting about. too excited. I'm like, dude, I used to watch the show as a black chef. That were, uh, Can I tell you real true story? Um, is it weird love that I know that? No, no, not at all. <laughs> well, actually, it is kind of weird because yeah, not many people know about that show. No. And it had his wife that they're not uh-huh. married anymore, yeah, yeah, Don yeah. French. Yes. Yeah. Um, my love for like Jeeps and Jeep Wagoneers uh-huh. and stuff like that came from his from him because he really? used to drive a Jeep. He used to drive like uh-huh. one of those old yeah, school yeah, yeah. Jeeps with like the. Hence why I'm driving an FJ Cruiser right yeah. now. But I used to love that show because of him and his style. I was just fascinated one because it was a British show, yes. but also it was black British people. Yeah, and I was like, damn, that's dope. And then and he I was such a character. On he that. was that yeah. show was fuck. It always yeah. cracked me up. And I was such a I was so I was such a little kid. Oh and, god! And it, and, it, and it didn't come on like a. A common channel, no, it didn't. in in uh in the states. Nor did you know it come I mean? on a common channel in in um England, England either. Yeah, oh, it was really? on Channel Four, which was like the more newer progressive. Because you you gotta remember back in the day, there was only free TV stations. Do you remember? Do you okay? So do you remember this other uh fuck this other TV show? It was like the the British Good Times. What was it called? Fuck. Pull it up. I got it. Was it Bernard's or or no? Was it? Wow. There's the show. Original That's fly, the show. Original flyer the they show. handed out. 1993 Chappelle That's the show the we show. talked about. It's a card they handed out for the show. That's the show. Played him. Yeah. That's the show. We saw that same show in Dallas, Texas. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. okay. You ready? Yeah. It's called the Fosters. Yes. 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 <laughs> I do remember that. Come on, man. Who was the main? Who was the main character in that? Hold on. Let me see. And this but, is the shootout, 1992. Eric B. Rockham, nice and smooth, positive K. That's the one I went to. Yes, I think I've heard about that. Went, that's the show I went to. There was a shootout. And then also, wow, also UMCs with Funkmaster Flex. Yeah, I went to that. Wow, I, the I, UMCs. I, and then my third base, third base at, at CMJ at wow. NYU. I saved all my flyers, man, everything, man. That is crazy. Our man was on that show. On what show? Uh, the Fosters. Yep. Lenny Henry was on yep, that show. Yep, yep, yep. Peep this show. House of Pain, cool. DOS Effects. Bloody <laughs> look, at, look, at sh- look at this show I saw. Ready? All right. House of Pain, Spice One, DOS Effects, Yo-Yo, Main Source, Coogee Rap, and Polo. Wow. That's the show I saw. The Ritz. You see? Now, you don't get show. Look how many people were on that same I know, set. I Yo-Yo, dude. Yo-Yo, Main oh, Source, Coogee Rap. DOS for 15 bucks. Shout out yeah. Spice One. Wow. Yeah, Spice One was there, too. I knew him from Menace Society soundtrack or I think yep, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, so many like New York just Shout out everything. to Spice One, man. Where where is that dude now? I just I saw know. an interview uh, with him. I think he was on like Vlad recently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, he's talking about Tupac. Yeah, he's talking about Tupac. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Spice uh, is West Coast. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, those those are my only questions. I had to ask you about those. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I was, and I was, Lenny Henry was yeah, on the Fosters. Yeah. 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 But I loved his show, Chef. Chef was an amazing I've how many seasons were there? Four or five? Yeah, four or five or more than 
More than two. They yeah, had to be yeah, three, yeah, yeah. I want to say three to five. Yeah, three to five. Three to but five. That was seasons. a good show. Yes, I love really that show because I was like, oh, this. Is a, I was like, this dude got a British accent. Black. That's crazy. And he used to drive a jeep. Yes, and I was, I was, dude. I, I can't even remember how old I was when I was watching it, but you I was, had to I was be young. I was in elementary. I was in elementary school yeah. for sure. Yeah, listen for sure. to this show. I saw De La Soul, Brand Newbie, and KMD Boot Sauce. Leaders of the New School. Twelve dollars. At the wow! At the Damn. But you got to remember, Brand Nubian was part of um, Native Times. Yeah, I love Brand Nubian. One for all. And yeah. God we trust. Yeah. Woo. I don't know why, but Lord Jamar, um, Lord Jamar, and um, uh, Grand Poo, but they follow me on Instagram. I don't know why, but I'm fucking so excited. Really? So does OC. And like I'll DM them and say write something to him or something. It's cr- I, I don't know. The how fact that you have Lord Jamar and Grand Pooba following it's, you is pretty mystic. And I don't know how it. Ha- I just don't know how it happened. Like it's amazing though. I, I mean, and OC too, which I DM from time to time because we didn't mention Word Life, which is one of my top favorite classic albums. From well, the we back. have to make sure that they listen to this episode because. Um, oh yeah, but I'm gonna get Brand, Brand Nubian. Um, I and in fact, I met. No, I'm not gonna say I met. I, I'm not going to say I met, but I was at a really great show that Brand Nubian did in Dallas, Texas. Because you got to remember, there was a, a really big 5% yeah, community yeah, yeah. within Dallas. And Kaysan Allah, who used to go to school with Rakim, okay. brought Brand Nubian down. And that was, and that was right... That was actually right at the time when punks jump up to get beat down. Woo! Wow, Shinehead? I you lo- went I lo- to a Shinehead I lo- show? I love Shinehead, yeah. Wow. Who I would give <laughs> Wow. I would I would I would love to be a fly on the wall to see how many of your listeners no would Shinehead. actually remember no Shinehead. Yo, listen to this show. De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, Leaders of New School, and Chi Ali and Family. Wow. That is a proper native tongue show. Yeah, yeah, official. Was there and you that? keep all of these. I save all that these That is insane. You've seen all my books. I got yep. books of all the shows I went to. Are you I, serious? I, I save ticket stubs. I save just like my memories. Of my life. I wish I did. House of Pain, War, House of Pain, Everlast Live. I saw House of Pain. At, did you ever play the back room in Austin, Texas? No. I don't think so. It's sick? Sick. Okay. I saw Everlast I saw House of Pain's first ever show in Austin, Texas at the back room. At the back room. And the back room was known for heavy metal and punk shows. That's why I asked if you ever played that. I might have, though. So listeners, don't get mad at me if I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, I remember seeing House of Pain. And they tore that shit up. (laughs) They did. Great band. They did jump around three times, I think, that night. Dang. That's when that's when cats used to do that. When you go to a show and they do would this big song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Times, the yeah. big song, oh yeah. You know, you know who did? The, uh, one of my homies told me that someone that did that recently. Yeah, uh, it was a uh, J Rock. J Rock with did the, that. Uh, that song he had. Get out the way. Uh, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Win, yeah, win, yeah. win, win, win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. did Jay Z and Kanye somewhere? They did a world record of how many times they did their single. Like 10 oh, niggas in Paris. Times. 10 yes. 15 times that's right yeah and yeah. travis scott did it too with um yeah 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 he did that like 10 times in a row at Lollapalooza or some shit like that yeah but Damn. you know what when you think about it it's not weird because how many times have you listened to a song on repeat exactly where you're just exactly like, i'm like i'm not I'm, this is, exactly I'm repeat. <laughs> exactly Yo, for the listeners this is part one 
We're going to come back with yeah, Dante Ross. I'm going to call him right after this because <laughs> I've already talked about it. You want to see knowledge of New York and history and hip hop, everything he's involved in, right? Yeah, for sure. He's like probably one of the pioneers of New York hip hop in the golden era of the 90s. Without a doubt. Dante gets the gas face. Without a doubt. No, he don't get the gas face. Didn't they say on the record, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Dante Dante. Ross and Squad. Dude, De La Soul's first album, they talk about Dante Ross. That's right, yeah. Dude, Dante's a legend. I love De La Soul because they were the PMA hip hop. I don't want to be on the mic for that episode. I just want to listen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Embrace it. He's insane. Let's do it. Well, thank you so much thank for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, this, this has been great. so fun, I hope I didn't took your ear off. No, no, this, no, is no great. Dude. this is great. I, I love that you're part of our world and that I got yeah. to meet you through the people mm, I met you through. Yeah. We live in the same neighborhood, went to the same things. Yeah. Almost I'm the same age group. Yeah, I love it. I love it too. I love like... I love how I just bumped into you the other day and with wife here. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, know, dude. I was like... That's our spot, So kismet. It's so kismet. Yep. Well, thank you yeah. for your journey. I'm stoked you're in a good place in your life and um, stoked to see what you're up to next. And people can find you on the gram under your name. Hawkstyle. Right? You have yeah. a website or anything or anything like that? Um, vegan Boy Fresh. Vegan Boy Fresh. Vegan Ooh, Boy Fresh. I love it's that. Vegan Boy Fresh. Um, I, it's, it's a bit dated, so we're probably going to come out with a newer website that's going to have some newer stuff on there. But You have merchandise and stuff like that? Uh, right? I'm going to have some. Yeah, I'm going to have some merch. Um, but for keep, to, to keep posted, just check me on Instagram. That would be the best way. Okay, awesome. Right anything on. else, Chappelle? That's it. Dude, that was amazing. It feels yeah. like that was two hours and 30 minutes. Are you serious? Like yeah. Yeah. I was just chilling, bro. I love wow. it. Bye, everybody. Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch it, anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis is so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash Toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam. Yo, yo, Liquid Death. Thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water. Love your brand. Love what you stand for. Love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives.